Wait, no, I did okay. not use attempted murder. I used the anecdote that you brought up. And you're the one hurting the progressive cause and the trans rights cause. Look around, look around. Crime is happening everywhere. You brought it up and I'm fact checking so it. To show yes. you God reality that everyone yeah. else on earth sees. No. That no one agrees with no. you in the polling. That would be- No one agrees with you. Cenk Uger is here, ladies and gentlemen. It's a, it's a classic uncle nephew face-off, as I have uh, talked about already. For those of you who don't know, Cenk oh, wrote a book. <laughs> this is a hit me in the face. Cenk wrote a book called Justice is Coming, How Progressives Are Going to Take Over the Country and America is Going to Love It, which is, I mean, I'm a very cynical person. I I, I don't think, I, I'm a very pessimistic person. I don't think it's happening anytime soon, but maybe you'll make an argument for that. But uh, yeah, we're going to talk about your book and we're going to talk about another thing that you literally didn't tell me while you were announcing it, which is that you're running for, for president. And, and of course, I'm going to ask you why or even how, but that's it. That's, uh, those are, those are some of the things that we're going to be talking about before we get into any of that though. Let's start off with, uh, the Democrats actually doing something that is, uh, unheard of unimaginable, which is showing backbone and showing a spine and actually doing the right thing, even though they were like kind of forced into a corner to do the right thing on Kevin McCarthy's ouster as uh, speaker of the house. Uh, what do you think about it? Yeah. Uh, look, I, I guess I love it. Not going to change anything. It's yeah. not going to make any difference. But I agree with you. I'm glad that the Democrats didn't gratuitously help them. Um, so I talked to Representative Rokana um, on Friday in D.C. and uh, we came up with a good idea together, which is the Democrats for whoever that it is. His that children should keep doing uh, <laughs> whatever it is you were going to say. No, that's not it. Oh, uh, wait, you guys didn't have the good idea of, of making sure that his, his children were uh, participating in the stock market and having excellent returns? No. Year over year? That's crazy. No. Uh, so came up with the idea of, well, why don't we ask for something in return? So like paid family leave. Uh, so if a, the Repo any Republican wants Democratic votes in the House for speakership, yeah, maybe we could do that. Uh, give us a couple of concessions. You don't get it without concessions. Right, so we give you the uh, give us the concessions of a vote on paid family leave that polls at eighty four percent, and maybe one other vote, right? And then okay, then we can have a deal. But if you just want a deal where we needlessly give you the speakership, why in the world would anybody do that? I think the funniest part about that is that that would never happen because Kevin McCarthy would have never done that. Uh, he would have probably lied, maybe. But what's even better? about the situation is that like uh i was alluding to he didn't even like go to the conservative democrats and and offer them anything like literally nothing was given and then there are still of course perverts both side is perverts in liberal media that are trying to turn this massive fuck up within the republican party into somehow a a issue that is uh the the democrats responsibility which is awesome. It's awesome. Some dude on the Daily uh, Beast wrote that, uh, wrote an article talking about how, like, you know, this is actually a bad thing that the uh, Democrats did once again. Here it is. Matt Lewis, who is a conservative himself, said, you can't blame Dems for the blow that right-wing bomb throwers landed on Kevin McCarthy. But what you can't say is that they failed to do the right thing on behalf of the American people, which was to make sure that Kevin McCarthy remains the Speaker of the House. Yeah. So, look, I... I I know Matt a little bit. Uh, we used to go on MSNBC together. I went on his podcast recently. He's a good guy. But he, generally speaking, he's from the old school of establishment, 
bipartisan, uniparty thought, which is the way that this would have gone in the old days is uh, the Matt Gates character would have huffed and puffed and McCarthy would have said, oh, no way, right? And then at some point, whether it was the Republicans in their, inside their caucus or they go to the Democrats and they get a deal, the deal is what it was always going to be, which was cut spending for the average American, maybe throw in a tax cut for the rich or a deregulation or something. It's all theater. It's all fake. Now, here comes a twist. The twist in the story is the crazy right-wing Republicans like Matt Gates are actually not doing theater. I mean, it looks like they're doing theater and they're doing their own theater to raise money, but they're not playing the same old game. This is like, and that's part of why the media and the establishment is so mad because they're like, wait, you guys are supposed to pretend to object, but not actually object. And we're supposed to cut spending for the average guy. That's why guys like Matt go, I don't get it, man. The Democrats are part of this play, good cop, bad cop. And the good cops are supposed to come in at the end and screw over the American people while pretending to be good guys. And so since the Democrats didn't do it and Gates didn't do it, they didn't get a deal. And so I don't think it's so bad at all. Number one, they weren't doing anything anyway. Yeah. Right? And number two, actually somebody threw a curveball into this normal sick theater. I like to always say, what would the Republicans do if roles were reversed? And if they, if anybody in here thinks that they would have like uh, dove on a grenade to save the Democratic Party or the institutions to like make sure that Nancy Pelosi <laughs> would have retained her speakership position, you're fucking out of your mind. So yeah, Democrats did exactly what the Republicans would have done in the situation, which is, of course, always good politics. It might not yield good policy, but it was certainly good politics. Now, of course, the other side of this is that there was no opportunity for good policy anyway. People are uh, immediately uh, rushing to conclusions that Kevin McCarthy would have been a more moderate speaker than whatever kind of demon they put forward, certainly. But functionally, Kevin McCarthy, as the Speaker of the House, was going to operate like the most reactionary person in the party. And he did. He did do that. It's not like he gave a bone to the Democrats in his uh, chaotic order and under his control in the House. Like, they fucking lodged an impeachment inquiry with zero evidence that connected Hunter Biden to Joe Biden. Zero. Okay? Zero. That's insane. That is like, that's so insane. And they And it's not like there was no investigation leading up to this. There was. They just did it behind closed doors because they knew they had no real evidence. And then they just like kept going along with it. And now they just like apply this uh, rhetorical tactic, this little trick where they say the Biden family. Have you noticed that? Where they, instead of saying like Hunter Biden, they always say the Biden family were doing crimes as though like, you know, because technically it's not wrong. Hunter Biden is a part of the Biden family. Yeah, it, it reminds me of the trick that Dick Cheney did to get us into the Iraq war. When he was asked on Meet the Press, wait, did Iraq attack us? On 9-11, he said, uh, the fighters come from the general same general region as Iraq. And that means, no, they didn't attack us, and you're yeah. just making it up. You're saying, what difference does it make? They're all Arabs. Yeah. So, we talked about that. You think the Democrats have a little bit of spine. Not that it fucking matters in this situation anyway. So, what do you? why do you think the progressives are going to win? What's, what's going on in this book? You wrote a book, finally. Yeah. You've been yeah. writing it for a while. Yeah. So, look... Uh, First, I explain all the depressing stuff, so you're not going to be surprised by that, right? Mm -hmm. And so, and I explain why, even though progressives are two-thirds of the country, and there's no argument about that, that we don't win. Uh, I explain exactly why money and media are the two giant factors. 
And I explained how we live under corporate rule and how we lost the Democratic Party, let alone the Republican Party. But then uh, Kirkus Reviews and everybody else says it's a super hopeful book because in Chapter 6 I explain how we're going to win. And the answer is actually really easy, Haas, which is young people are super progressive. Oh. Yeah. And uh, so the polling is overwhelming. Uh, the Republican uh, pollster Frank Luntz's hair is, or his toupee's on fire. Friend of the show, Frank Luntz. Yeah. Uh, Noam Chomsky agrees. Every like you look at any of the data, under forty five in twenty twenty voted massively progressive. Now this time around, it'll be under forty nine. By the time you get to twenty twenty eight, it's good night, Irene. It's under fifty four year olds, and they're done. I think this is a. I think this is wrong. Uh, I will. I will say this is like the classic trope that time and time again, the next generation will save us. Trope. If with one exception, That's just not true. With one exception, the material realities for the upcoming generation, my generation, is significantly more dire. That's right. And therefore, they will vote along uh, the lines if they are still participating in the democratic process at that point. If they haven't fully checked out, they might end up like having a much poorer country overall and having less economic prospects overall will uh, yield understandable results and, and, and will yield the same voting patterns. I do not think that it's more so a generation being progressive, but instead a generation not uh, having access to uh, additional uh, economic opportunities that prior generations had because you see it time and time again when people have more assets, when people have more capital, they start voting in predictable patterns. They start voting for deregulation because they understand that like this is intrinsically aligned with their interests. Oh my God, Kaya is so good at opening that door now. It's crazy. I had put her outside and she literally opened the door immediately and ran in here. That's nuts. Okay, Can, let me uh, break that down for you. Yeah. Okay. So number one, the trope is actually I'm not- gonna close I got close the door. You keep going. Trope is not intergenerational. Uh, it's, uh, it's about demographics overall, right? So people say, oh, that's okay. The Democrats are going to win because they're going to get black voters. They're going to get Latino voters. And that's not at all guaranteed. So I never believed in that. And so and the identity politics generally doesn't work. But the idea that, hey, it's okay. The next generation never saves us isn't true. And uh, everybody always says, oh, well, you know, we are going to get more conservative as we get older. Well, I quote in the book meta studies that show that's not at all true. In fact, your political leanings get set between the ages of 14 and 24. Every study shows this. And does it, is it true for everyone? No. But is it true generally? Definitely. And so one of the examples that I give, Haas, is that back in 2011, um, did a normal uh, study, and, and they found out that people above 65 years old were the most uh, likely to vote Republican. And generally speaking, they grew up in the, the older generation, that kind of Gen X, et cetera, grew up in the Reagan times. And actually, they were just as conservative when they were younger, okay? But above 85 was super liberal. And the reason for that is because they grew up with like FDR, LBJ, JFK, some range of that, Right. And those guys stayed progressive well, there's their also whole like, lives. I know, but there's like also, uh, uh, at that point, how many fucking 85-year-olds exist? You know what I mean? I feel like that, no, no, that's not, that about, yields it's not a about lot of... Like, right now, There's those guys are 97, right? That's not the there's issue. There's like eight of them. No, no. The issue is that it's totally bullshit that people become more conservative as they get older. It's not at all true, and it's not backed up by the data. And this generation... I'm not, I'm not saying that at all. I'm right. saying that uh, the only reasonable... Uh, the only thing that I would uh, 
agree with on that on that data point is that it is totally entirely pegged to their their uh, economic circumstances and the economic circumstances of the younger generation is very very unfortunately <laughs> yeah are fucked yeah and no no that's why i'm saying like that that is ostensibly the only reason that i think uh the the younger generations as they get older and and are devoid of the same opportunities that prior uh older generations had because like a lot of the current wealth that we have in this country is trapped in like baby boomers and gen xers like they are like the last remaining generation with um access to to any kind of uh assets homes things of that nature uh you're coming to a situation where you have like permanent renters yeah. that will never be able to purchase a home. So part of the reason that... That they, changes their dynamic. That changes their, their political uh, perspective. And this is all going towards exactly my point, which is, look, part of the reason that the younger generations, are both millennials and, and Gen Z, are so progressive is cultural uh, factors, right? But the other reason is economic factors that nobody ever talks about. They have no chance of buying a home for the great majority of those generations, right? Uh, everything for them is much harder. Student debt is infinitely higher. They're much more tied to corporate uh, rule and have become chattel in a lot of ways. And they're rebelling against that. Besides which, this isn't arguable. They would have to change the dynamic of that those generations massively in, over the next one to five years for the Republicans to be able to win, right? Because in the 2020 elections, even the states within the Democratic Party that Bernie lost, he would win under 45-year-olds with 40 50-point margins, even after the race was largely over. The handwriting's on the wall. And by the way, what saved the Democrats in the 2022 midterms? Younger voters. What saved Joe Biden in 2020? 11% more younger voters showed up. That's the only reason he won. And that's and so this is all trending, not just towards Democrats. Not just but, younger people, I think. But, but towards progressives. I, I don't think it's just younger people. I think it's it's also uh, it, it was white people in general. Like there is a there are more white people now voting for Joe Biden than they did before with Hillary Clinton. Look, that's there's a, huge, a lot of different demographics. That's a huge demographic shift. I know, but those things shift. They go back and forth, and now all of a sudden Trump's up to forty two percent with Latinos. He's up to twenty percent yeah. with African Americans. So I'm not relying on that one percent. But the I have not seen anything that challenges. The numbers. I don't think the twenty percent number is real, but you know. Yeah, no, it might be an outlier. It might not be exactly right. But the bottom line is, I've never seen a compelling case for demographics saving the Democrats or progressives, other than age. And age is the biggest demographic and the biggest difference maker. And so there's other factors too, changing media. So how are you going to activate uh, younger voters to go out and vote? Uh, because out of the voter eligible population, um, younger voters are poorer on average and poorer equals less likely to vote in general. Poorer equals less time off from work, a job that you're most likely trapped in, uh, in the service sector. How are you going to get young people to go out and vote this conundrum is the reason why a problem that even Bernie Sanders was unable to solve is the reason why he didn't win in no. the primaries. That was a big part of the problem. So I hear you. Those are generally problems, but it's not that Bernie Sanders didn't solve it. So first of all, Bernie Sanders won the first three states, as we all know, right? And, and what happened then is mainstream media activated the older voters to vote in droves against Bernie, right? So normally after you win the first state, let alone the first three states, you get a 
X, like a significant amount of positive coverage, and I have the numbers and the data in the book. But of course, Bernie got like three times the okay. negative coverage. Okay, okay. You, we're, we're saying the same thing. Right. You're just saying... No, but my point is, at that point, even with mainstream media just blasting Bernie, talking about executions in Central Park and giving Biden enormous positive coverage, etc., Obama rallying everyone, Buttigieg, et cetera, et cetera. Still, if it was four years later, Biden would have lost to Bernie because of the age demographics. Just couldn't do it with 45-year-old and under enough. Like if he had gone to, if it was like 49-year-olds and under, Bernie almost certainly would have won. So, and here we are four years later. Look, is it written in stone? Of course not. But is it as dire as people think? Not even close. We're the, I think we're definitely the favorites, not the underdogs. And Haas, here's a, another giant factor. Media. We all know mainstream media hates progressives and destroys us at every turn, right? And so they activate the uh, older voters, etc. But now they're losing their power. But here's a really important fact that people don't absorb enough. Now, for most of the television networks, their costs are higher than their revenue. Are they really going to be able to last five more years of bleeding out? So at some point, this doesn't just wither away, it capsizes, right? Meanwhile, what's happened? You know, TYT's happened, you've happened, uh, tons of like new streamers progress, and almost all of them are progressive, right? So we've got some right wingers trying their best, spreading sexism, bigotry, racism. I think right wing. I think right wing media is significantly more popular. I wouldn't say that like they're popular because they have more like genuine uh, grassroots support, but they're popular in the same exact for the same exact material reasons as to why, uh, you know. CNN uh, cuts uh, corporate propaganda, MSNBC cuts corporate propaganda, and Fox News is the most popular news broadcast. They have moneyed interest backing them, whereas like real progressive content has to revolve on in, or it revolve around, or if they want to be sustainable, uh, heavily rely on subscriptions, and and uh, that is incredibly difficult. It's there's nothing as good as just like having unlimited wads of money from concentrated wealth that will give you a couple billion here, a couple billion there. And that is precisely the reason why Daily Wire is fucking, you know, taking our lunch money all day, every fucking day. Think about it this way. The Steven Crowder $50 million conversation. I am, I would say, not to toot my own horn here, but probably more popular a figure overall than Steven Crowder. There is no $50 million deal coming my way that is unimaginable. That would never happen in a million years because Steven Crowder doesn't have to generate $50 million in revenue. He just has to keep saying the right things and uh, billionaire-backed independent media that is basically cutting the same exact propaganda that Fox News cuts will keep funneling money to those places. Yeah. So I, I understand our disadvantages very well because I'm in this business, right? But look, even with all of our disadvantages, TYT gets about 5 billion views a year. So Daily Wire can kiss my ass. All the right-wingers combined can kiss my ass. And so the good news is I'm not just a good host. Uh, we have a lot of great hosts on TYT. I'm a really good businessman. And so I have maintained us in business for 21 years in an impossible industry. We built a network of progressives, and we just keep on winning. So they're not going to be able to get rid of us. We're going to win, and, and then when we get more resources, we're going to dominate even more. So the, the problem, the, the advantage that the right wing has is infinite money, and the left has almost no money at all, right? But the disadvantage that the right wing has is that they're not popular. 
We say things that are popular and people like uh, what we're saying because it's in favor of them, right? The right wing has garbage that says, oh, rich people are great. You should give all of your money to rich people. Uh, this uh, show brought to you by rich people. That shit's never going to be ultimately that popular. And part of the reason yeah, why but they, that's why they don't they they always uh, move around and and try to latch on to uh, you know focus tested talking points on deeply and undesirably unpopular policy positions that they have. Uh, that's why nobody says we want to criminalize abortion and like lock women up that uh, have a pregnancy and and want to exercise their bodily autonomy. They say we're pro life. Life begins at conception. Uh, and when there is an anti-Catholic, anti-Christian slant in the United States of America, which there is, then they change the conversation around from even someone like Ben Shapiro, who is very religious, like he doesn't hide that. Uh, they change the narrative around from instead of talking about like how life begins at conception is a Christian uh, talking point and therefore you have to abide by it because America is a Christian nation, they move towards how this is actually a moral argument. This is the scientific argument. This kind of paradigm shift, this kind of like propagandizing and the, and the mechanism that backs it is all too powerful because once again, it goes back to concentration of wealth. It doesn't really matter. Like there is, I mean, Daily Wire is more successful than both of us combined. I'm sorry. That is just the reality. No, not they, in terms of views. In terms of money, I don't have I more don't money. Think so. I, I think that they are you very. Think they successful. get more than five billion views a year. I, I don't know. I don't know what that. metrics you're working with when you say five billion views a year. I don't know if you're just simply talking YouTube, about YouTube. Facebook, yeah, Roku, you're talking Pluto, about YouTube, Facebook, Snap. You you name it. That's great. If Daily Wire is on all of those platforms, with the exception of Snap, I think probably I would assume that they're not on Snapchat. Yes, they probably get significantly more. I don't have like access to their media deck, but their Facebook numbers blow everyone else's out of the water. Time and time again, every single Daily Wire content creator is absolutely, uh, you know, at the top of the leaderboard in terms of impressions, in terms of readers, in terms of everything. So, so Haas, let me give you uh, my perspective and context on it. So, I, since I'm like a generation older than you, I grew up completely on mainstream media where we didn't have any options at all. And I write about that a little bit in Chapter 5. And that turned everybody Republican. And speak, And the reason for that was that they would tell you, like, Ronald Reagan is the gipper and he's a cowboy and he's awesome and he's America's a shining city on a hill and that's what Republicans stand for. And Democrats are weak losers like Michael Dukakis looking funny in a tank. And they all did it 24-7. There was no other option. Just corporate media. Media. And so I think conservative voters have some redeeming values. We can talk about that if you want. But all Republican politicians and all Republican media figures are liars. Okay. They have to lie because they can't Fair. say, hey, I want you to take all your money and give it to the rich. <laughs> That's their actual objective. And they can't ever say that. And then you could say it about a hundred different things. They can't say, hey, I want you to smoke cigarettes and get cancer because they pay me. Hey, I want you to take guns and shoot yourselves because the gun manufacturers pay me. I want you to destroy the planet because ExxonMobil pays me. They're never going to say any of that. So it's one lie after another after another, and we call them talking points. But these days, even if you were right and Daily Wire is slightly larger than TYT or TYT is slightly larger than Daily Wire, it doesn't matter because what matters is that they can't stop us, you, and a thousand other streamers out there. And we're going to get the message out. And so, like, now some of their old talking points sound so dumb 
and asinine. And so when they try their things about like, oh, trickle-down economics. When I was growing up, the that media the actually brainwashed people into thinking trickle-down economics was yeah. real. Yeah, the like, same. Okay. And now we've destroyed that. Anyone who says trickle-down no, economics we, is we considered a total we, joke. We, we didn't destroy that. I don't think that we destroy that. I think like objective reality and the lack of that promise destroyed it significantly more than objective like... Objective reality was always against it, Haas. It, was, it wasn't even I, close. I know, but people started... No, people, people after uh, 30, 40 years of neoliberal austerity recognize now that like that is complete a bullshit. Now it doesn't matter because people still do the same thing. They move as soon as the established narrative, the norms that people recognize are at odds with whatever the media is saying or are at odds with what like right-wing moneyed interests are trying to pump, then ultimately they move on to the next thing. That's I I am in agreement with uh with what you're saying but like ultimately the market collapse in 2008 probably did significantly more for people to understand that like trickle down economics was bullshit from the jump than anything else that played a major role in people losing confidence in like uh, a lot of economists and what they were saying which they should lose confidence in because these guys are spreading poison but here let know. me give you one example of the power of an alternate uh so and this is a very ironic example so Iraq war was always bullshit. It was always obvious. Mainstream media didn't say it. They said, oh, yeah, weapons of mass destruction. And they attacked from the general same region as Iraq, et cetera, right? So, okay, 70% of Americans, when we attacked Iraq, thought that Saddam Hussein had personally attacked us on 9-11, right? So they mass lied, mass hypnosis, et cetera. So no matter how much we were right, we couldn't break through. And then that lasts for Jesus for forever, until Donald Trump goes, Iraq war was bullshit. And all of a sudden, the dam breaks. And then the Republicans go, oh, yeah. No, I, I disagree with that as well. No. I, I think, I think Before you and that, I have, if not a you, single Republican said the Iraq war was bullshit you, you and I, until Trump It doesn't Trump matter said. what Republicans say. You and I are at fundamental odds and will forever be at fundamental odds in the way that we analyze the world because I am a believer that the material conditions and, and things withering away like larger structural moves in either direction are significantly more important in bludgeoning people with reality than uh, the media moving in a specific direction. I'm also a believer that like under an inherently oppressive construct, yes, you can inevitably shift the attitude on the more reactionary side of things. And unfortunately, the only way to stop that is by uh, waiting it out and, and just eating the pain. But I don't think that the media can get together. Like, let's say if tomorrow MSNBC, CNN, and mainstream media were no longer owned by the same corporate entities and were actually doing objective journalism across the board and not whenever, like, it, it is, like, anti-Trump, which drives clicks or whatever, and it's, it's permissible, right? I don't think that that would cause a genuine sea change in the way that uh, I think you believe that. Yeah, I think a progressive would be president the next day. Okay. I think that they would play a, a very significant role in changing people's uh, attitudes, but the reality is that could never happen in our current structure regardless. it would There would be need for a world where the material realities were different. But like, the material uh, realities are different. So we, we've got every single thing lining up for us. Younger voters, the destruction of mainstream media, rise of new media, but also objective reality. So, for example, why did FDR incredibly progressive things? Why did LBJ, at least on social issues, do incredibly progressive things? 
Because, because the economic realities, one, demanded it, and two, there was more pushback from outside groups exactly, at the time. Exactly. There was more militant labor, and, exactly. and people, were, re, people were, were recognizing the writing on the wall about America's dire economic circumstance. It's exactly right, and what's the situation we're in now? Almost exactly the same thing. Now, we need to build. We need to build a labor movement. We need to build more uh, direct action. I agree. That's why I do what I do. I think a lot of people don't understand that. The only place that I have any sort of optimism for the future is in the labor movement, which is why I do what I do. I want to change people's, I want to change people's minds about certain things and allow them to see for themselves the autonomy that they can have and, and change their immediate uh, workplaces somewhere that they spend 80% of their adult lives in and, and, and therefore set up the groundwork for a mechanism of pushback against the, the Democratic Party and, uh, and force the Democratic Party's hand to do the right thing when it's a, a necessity to do and- so. And look, all smart progressives are going in the same exact direction, right? Yeah. So I've been on that direction. Yeah, so my, my co-host Anna is obsessed with the labor movement, uh, totally believes that's the answer. Nina Turner, who's another host on our network, just announced today that she set up a new group with Chris Smalls to, to back the labor movement and to even get funding for the labor movement whenever they go on strike, etc. And so that's what pushed FDR. That's what's going to push the next generation. Because Haas, the economic situation isn't going to fix itself. Like, you know, the old line uh, of power never concedes without a demand, never has, never will. So we've got to demand it. And right now, since the economic situation is so bad for workers, they keep demanding it, right? So more demands. It's not just that either. It's all, yes, it's also, uh, there is actually a a real tight labor market and not a tight labor market with like, you're right though, the confidence is different because we've already had tight labor market periods where uh, income has not increased in the way that it's supposed to. Real income, real wages have not increased in the way that it's supposed to. And even economists are baffled by this reality. Well, the the reason for that was because labor had lost and capital had won that war. Whereas now, uh, in a a post-COVID world, I think uh, with the unimaginable amount of of profits that these corporations are raking in, labor has a, a decent bargaining position because they saw that, you know, if people just simply didn't go back to work, that, that, that people were fucked. Yeah. So, look, uh, they took and they took and they took and they took too much. And so this is how we get to balance. We push back. So we're in the middle of pushing back. And so everything is trending in our direction. The only thing is we can't snatch defeat from the jaws of victory. And, and the, there's two icebergs ahead. And I, so I'm not Pollyannish. I see the icebergs probably better than anybody else does. And I'm really worried about it, okay? One is uh, the progressive movement, honestly, and this is where you and I can begin to disagree, um, getting too radical and too away from what uh, most Americans want. And the second iceberg... What do you, what do you mean by that? Yeah, so look, uh, we saying things like... Uh, all sports leagues, including professional ones, has to allow trans women. They don't have a choice, etc. That pulls it like two percent. You say, hey, it's a moral issue. It's really important. Do you think the it's sports a, leagues are like the most important thing in you, the whole you, wide world? Do you think it's actually a significant issue? Do you think that that is a significant issue or a driver of the conversation, or so, cynically weaponized by Republicans with like some liberals taking the bait and then having a conversation about it instead of being like, "Fuck off." Nobody cares about this. Stop talking about this immediately. Yeah. Well, that's exactly what the right wing does. They weaponize every single issue. What I'm trying to get progressives to do is stop falling in the trap. 
So do the you, minute they say it, but do you think, our side comes out and goes, no, this is the most important issue. You, and anyone who disagrees is a Nazi. You just called 98% of the country Nazis. Okay. What are you doing? You're okay. alienating voters like crazy. Do you, okay? do, you think that, do you think that organizers on the ground, both trans and cis, that are, or uh, members of labor unions are even using this as a talking point in any meaningful capacity or is it simply reactionary Republicans bringing this up because they tried and unsuccessfully failed to push the anti-trans button with bathroom Except bills? Except for the fact that they pass all those bills, which I despise. No. I hate those Hold bills. On. Let me just let me just clarify something here. In the lead up to the 2016 election, you had the North Carolina bathroom bill that was anti-trans, right? You have to have the gender assigned at birth uh, be the yeah. bathroom that you go to. That totally failed. Okay, right. that failed. That was so objectively a failure that Donald Trump came out and said, I don't give a fuck where Caitlyn Jenner shits as long as she's shitting in Trump Tower, right? Something yeah. along those lines. But I'm then paraphrasing. he tried to ban them from the military. Hold on. Let me finish. That was also unpopular. Sorry, go ahead. Let me finish. Okay. Yeah, he tried to ban, uh, ban trans people from the military. That was also unpopular. So what did Republican interest groups do? The family, uh, moral family, Christianity, fundamentalist uh, uh, groups. What did they do? They went back to the drawing board and they looked for a reasonable sidestep that would still be anti-trans, that would open the door to anti-trans conversations that, that they could push for that was more popular. What did they find? They found that Americans love the concept that is bullshit meritocracy what is the most meritocratic process in the in the entire country uh maybe in the world sports americans love sports and americans believe that meritocracy is real and it's especially real in sports so they changed the narrative away from trans people can't pee and poo in the fucking bathrooms to trans people want to destroy sports it was simply just another way to attack trans people which is precisely why I think a lot of people correctly looked at that and went, why the fuck are we talking about this? This is ultimately marginal. You just want to fucking eliminate trans people from uh, public spaces. And I have never given an ounce uh, of, of legitimacy to that argument, despite what public polling says, because the reality is no one gives a fuck about it. Let me tell you something that's more important than public polling, however. Because you brought so, up so far, I don't even see where we disagree. Okay, so you brought up legislatures, state legislatures, Republicans like passing incredibly, horrifyingly, psychotic anti-trans bills. Yeah. Okay, and they're passing this. Yet there is no viable single-issue voter out there that is like desiring these anti-trans bills. Although, if you ask, uh, you know, Americans directly about like, what do you think about a 14 year old trans girl, like participating in a swim meet, they might say 56% might say, fuck that. That's wrong. We shouldn't do that. But the reality is there isn't any real momentum on the ground for anti-trans shit. Voters do not give a fuck about trans people overall. The overwhelming majority of voters actually have apathy for trans people. They just don't care about it because they think that there's no trans people in their lives whatsoever. Republicans, however, have, have kept on pushing the anti-trans button over and over again and made it their major fucking talking point. That's right. That has yielded horrifyingly bad results for them. And instead of like fucking assassinating Christopher Rufo, for example, who's one of the leading guys here at the Manhattan Institute that was like doing the CRT stuff, doing the anti-trans stuff, instead of going, dude, what the fuck are you doing? You ruined our midterm chances when Biden had a historically bad economy, when a red tsunami was supposed to happen. That was a major failure on their part. 
one that actually has led to Kevin McCarthy's ouster as the speaker right now, a domino effect of like the Republican Party imploding in and of itself, partially because the only thing that they have been looking for, the only thing that they have, the only tangible policy position is just increasing the dial of transphobia, but there's not enough people on the ground who are demanding it. And those who are demanding it are increasingly more psychopathic, which is pushing away normal fucking Republican voters who are just like, I just want tax cuts, man. Like, I'm racist, sure, but like, the fuck's going on? Like, I don't give a shit about this. Like, why are you talking about dismembering children's genitals all the fucking time? You sound like a psycho. They're getting outrage fatigue, and it has demonstrably been a failure. And that's part of the reason why you don't see Trump talking too much about wokeness or trans uh, people. He, like, brings it up every now and then in his commentary, but it is far less than Ron DeSantis, wouldn't you say, who is an objectively less popular candidate. Yeah. So, with the exception of Trump and DeSantis thing, which we can get into, I actually agree with everything you said. So, now let me give it to you from my perspective and why I'm concerned about it. So, number one, Republicans bring this up because they're fishing and fishing. All their positions are deeply unpopular. So they're fishing for one position that they could finally get some sort of popularity on, right? So they dig all the way down to trans sports at the high school level, and they get over 70% saying, okay, no meritocracy, we shouldn't do that, right? So if at that point you and I agree, we fight back when they propose a bill and we do the best we can and we aggressively make the case that you just made and that I make all the time on the air, right? And then we don't, we're, we're okay with it. And everybody would agree. We, the country is in favor of trans rights, okay? But in the midst of these conversations, one of the things that happens is on air, I say, okay, you're asking, fine. I think at the high school level, trans uh, girls should be able to participate with biological girls because... Why do you talk about that at all beyond how... Because it comes up. Because there's a bill. No, no, I'm fighting against the bill. Okay. But why do you talk about it beyond it being a distraction perfectly cooked up? Because you said you agree with me. Why do you uh, talk about it beyond it being a fucking bill that is laughably unpopular, so unpopular that like incredible. So unpopular that it didn't pass in all the red states. Wait, what? It, the trans bills that passed, none of, none not of about the, bathrooms, but about sports and all wait, that horse crap. But none of those bills were passed with popular support, Jank. I know they're passed by Republican legislators, and the Republican you, legislators are appeasing their base. Okay, and their well, base no, is not. maniacal, no, and their not. base wants it. No, they're not. That, that you and I are entirely okay, incorrect. Okay, so they go you fishing are, in that area. And in that conversation, no. I say, hold on, let me finish. Okay. I say, at some point, look, my real opinion is, at the professional level, yes, of course the leagues get to make their own decision. And sometimes, yes, trans women have an advantage, and the league is allowed to say, no, we're, we're not going to allow it. Okay? So what happens next? Every single person that I know in mainstream media saw what they perceive as a progressive community, then called me a Nazi. Then they go, okay, progressives are lunatics. I'm writing all of them off, right? Are you kidding me? Because somebody's had like this microscopic difference of opinion with like the most radical end of the progressive base, their right-wing pivot, Republican, Nazi. Well, okay, you guys sound nuts. Mm -hmm. Okay, and don't do that you think just that, say you think hey that's I, what agree, it took? I disagree so what mainstream mainstream media literally called you a bestiality loving horse fucker when you tried to run for office in california you think they needed the fucking 
Uh, you, you think they needed like 11 trans people with anime avatars on Twitter it's, calling you a Nazi to be it up like on them on a, on a platter. That's crazy. And they then have there material are real issues that are they, much larger they have material- that also cost us. And it makes it look like we are extreme when in reality, two thirds of the country's on our side. Take the fucking win. Take the win. So here's another one. And this one, I don't know how you're going to light they, up on this one. I, no, no, this Deep is on the police. It's this a is, terrible slogan. Okay, okay, okay. A terrible no, 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 idea. We're moving away, we're moving away from uh, other okay. talking points. Let's get back. Let's get back to the one issue that we were talking about. My perspective is that they have every interest to fuck you every single time. Mainstream media does because of their underlying material interest in defending the corporate oligopoly structure that we have. This is who funds them. Uh, this is how people rise into positions of power in the media infrastructure. You've been a part of this already. Personally, you've seen it happen to you at MSNBC. So, like, there is no reason why uh, they're they're not looking at, like, magical trans people on Twitter and going, oh, that's it. Here's the reality. They're being crazy again. They're calling Jenk a Nazi. Yes, they are. The, and the you're me- looking for any excuse. I agree with that. But then stop giving them excuses, which is the point you started okay. with. Okay. There's a there's a major disagreement here. We are at odds. And but I, we're not at odds. You say don't talk about it. I say don't talk about it. Uh, we say, mm-hmm. you say you're, you're against the bill. I say I'm against the bill. You're for trans rights. I'm for trans rights. But but my point is No, that- but the difference is they, the same people that call you transphobic also called me transphobic all the fucking time. The difference is- I don't change my perspective at the end of the day or, or even or even offer it any fucking additional light because who fucking cares? You just do what you think is right and you keep pushing. And I think that it's very dangerous and very scary when you get moved by uh, your base, your base of support that you have worked tirelessly for 20 years and like building and solidifying turning on you and saying you're right wing now i think that that, that is- didn't happen though it, like i agree with you it's 11 people on on twitter so our audience is just as gigantic as it's always been so you can go ahead and cry about it if you're among those 11 people uh so i'm not worried about that Haas, i gave it as a small example and i defund the police is a much larger example okay we'll, we'll, we'll get to that in a second are getting pigeonholed by mainstream media and, and republicans as radicals when in reality we are the overwhelming majority of the country so we need to focus and get our messaging right. That's why looking at a couple of random people and, and and greatly emphasizing the impact that they have and even attributing their and even attributing the mainstream media's perspective shift on progressives when you and I both know that they never fucking gave a shit and they don't even need like a couple of random trans people to call you a transphobe to like uh, justify their hatred for progressives. Uh, uh, like it, okay, it, let's it, go to a larger. There's issue. no reason to talk about that now. Let's- as far as as far as like there was one other point that i wanted to make because it was oh we were talking about state legislatures this is really important please i think that a broader republican project and i think you'll agree with me on this has been that uh they want to dismantle the power of the legislative body and then utilize the state legislatures where they know they have control due to gerrymandering and ridiculous district maps where they can, even if they don't have popular support, even if they lose the majority of the votes, still maintain a majority in the House and the Senate, right? State House and State Senate. It's one of the most important and things in the country. Absolutely. And then there's a secondary side to this, though, because there is the judiciary. So they've also attacked, they've dismantled the legislative body. They have pushed their power in undemocratic ways through the state legislatures. 
and then also solidified that power and codified it by court packing, right? So they have this very open project within the Federalist Society all the way up to the Supreme Court of the United States where they have hyper-reactionary judges that they've placed in positions of power through appointments, right? So when you do that, there is no need for a democratic process, which is precisely the reason why saying that these Republicans are actually acting out the desires of their psychotic, bloodthirsty base when they're pushing for uh, you know, trans bills that are getting passed in every single state legislature is objectively false. Why is it objectively false? Because one, Republicans have never cared about their base. Let's be fucking real. They just use the culture war issues as a way to like draw up support. But in reality, they don't really give a shit about what the base wants. If they did, then they would have never in a million years allowed the, the uh, Roe v. Wade decision to be overturned because that was a much better way to just keep dangling in front of the most active base of support they have, white evangelical Protestants, and, and never, actually, never actually push to actively dismantle Roe v. Wade and completely criminalize abortion in red states. That's why they have a major fuck-up right now, because they're suffering from their own success. So I don't think that pointing to state legislatures and bills that they've passed uh, to say, no, there is actually a decent amount of support for anti-trans legislation from the Republican base of support is correct, especially when all signs point to the opposite. At the national party level, the Republican Party is currently going through a crisis, an identity crisis. They have capitulated to incredibly bloodthirsty, psychotic fucking culture warriors for so long that they, they end up leading like Ron DeSantis, pushing for objectively unpopular bills, okay, by utilizing the state legislatures and then suffering the consequences on uh, the, the uh, perception in the national party. Yeah. So look, again, there's a lot I agree with, but let's break it down one by one. So it can be both, Haas. It can be that, yeah, they've done the gerrymandering. Gerrymandering has done most of the work for them, and it made their seats uh, pretty much impenetrable. So if the Republican legislators do something, it doesn't necessarily mean that the voters of that state want it, for sure, right? But it can be that also the vicious end of the Republican base does want it, and the polling indicates that they you want it right and so but the larger no. point here is i, I don't agree no, i don't no, think there's no no i don't think there are hold on hold on I don't let think me be clearer because it depends if you say do you hate trans people the answer is no in the polling for american people they are in favor of trans rights they're in favor of treating trans people in the same exact way about employment uh health care etc which is wonderful and again two-thirds of the country is progressive Okay, so when you go to ask them about bathrooms, no. When you ask them about the military, no. These people are willing to give their lives for this country and you don't want them? What kind of a monster are you? So the American people are on our side on all those things. That's why they had to go digging for this stupid high school sports thing, right? And on that, I've seen the polling and it's over 70% of Americans are on the side of banning them, right? Now, I'm on the other side. I'm, on the, I'm with the 30%. I leave the kids alone, right? It's not, it doesn't matter if your daughter was going to break a record or whatever. Just calm down. Stop checking the genitals of kids. You sickos, leave them alone, right? So, but having said that, what they're trying to do, Haas, and this is the oldest trick in the book, and they did this in the, back in the 1980s, is they, they dig until they find something unpopular, and they make Democrats or the left wing attack them on it. So, for example, flag burning. 
So flag burning, everybody knows it's protected by the First Amendment. They know it's protected by the First Amendment. But they want to make it seem like we hate America and we hate the American flag and we all want to burn it. So they contrive this bullshit issue. No one's burning the American flag. Mm -hmm. It's happened like twice in the last 20 years. And and so, and and then the Democrats can't help but say, well, it is a First Amendment issue. You're not... can burn the flag and they go aha you unpatriotic assholes right so that's exa- so my point is the same point you're making which is don't fall for that trap so just say hey we disagree on yeah, this move you're, on you're saying you're saying don't fall for that trap and don't even defend it or don't even i'm no, saying defend on the bills because when there's a bill you have to defend yeah but then point out super aggressively what the Republicans are doing wrong. Chelsea, Man- Chelsea Manning has a question for you. Q for Jank. Is it possible that trans people are reacting the way we are because we hear people make these talking points and the next thing we know people are saying, this is why I had to become a conservative time and time again. And that that uh, right-wing slant is true for the likes of Dave Rubin and many others, even including like former TYT people. Uh, I think that's where a lot of people are defensive when they hear you when they hear you talk about this. Or when they when they hear people fall into the trap of like jumping on every single non-issue that all ultimately turns into discourse like bonus holes or whatever the fuck like some psychotic weirdo British person came up with at the fucking Daily Mail, right? Uh, if you are even pushing that discourse as though this is like real and, and applied and 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 genuinely a threat to democracy because it's something that everyone is like forcing you at gunpoint to utilize then all of a sudden you are a culture warrior whether you admit it or not because these issues are distractions and they're stupid as fuck and that nobody should even talk about it let alone amplify it i'll take it one step further though there is one other issue here and that is the democratic party the demo what do reactionaries do they have no agenda right they have no agenda they react and they try to claw back civil liberties that's their goal And if the Democratic Party is not actually pushing material realities to change in a positive way and giving something to the Republicans to react to, right, to fight against, then all of a sudden the reactionaries are leading the discourse. And that is the problem, which is why whenever issues like this come up, because, listen, I have a very dynamic stream. People come in here all the time. They say a million different things and they want me to address it or they want me to talk about it. I am very terse, very strict about like whenever someone comes in and they're like, address what Anna said or address what Jenks said. I'm like, no, fuck off. I don't care. Shut the fuck up. We're talking about real issues. So, but by the way, that's almost exactly what we said. And everybody called us Nazis. So not everybody, those folks. So look, guys, first of all, let's just be clear on everything. Okay. So number one, I fight for trans rights. I have for 21 years when no one else was. So if you don't like it and you don't believe it, that's up to you. You can do whatever the hell you want, okay? So, and I just told you all my positions, which are actually 99% identical to the most extreme trans right activists, right? So we have a microscopic difference. So somebody asked me about it. I say it once, I'm done with it. I'm done with it. And then a giant pylon starts because people want clout. They're like, oh, no, no, he's not as good as me. He's not as pure as me. He's a right winger. He's a Nazi. Okay, so I'm like, I ignore it. I ignore it. I ignore it. And then they just keep going. And I don't give a shit. They could do whatever they want. But then don't pretend that I brought it up. No, you brought it up. And you made it a giant issue. And you're the one hurting the progressive cause and the trans rights cause. We win on every goddamn issue on trans rights. Why are you going and dying on the hill that no one agrees with you on? You're going to ruin trans rights 
on other issues. Okay. We're going to lose because you're being so extreme. And then every ally you have, you're like, nope, nope. I'm going to be more pure than them. So I'm going to burn their bridge down. I don't want any allies. Okay, okay, well, then don't have any allies. Okay, if if both of our goals are aligned and we are interested in coalition building and actually fighting for justice, okay, there's two different things to do here. One is try to engage in purges and try to say this purity spiral is self-defeating, which I agree with you on. 100%. Or the other thing is to just stay the course and just let people chirp into the void and never give them an ounce of pushback because why every single if if people are looking uh, for plus if come people are looking on, get for okay, out of here no that's not a get yeah, out of here so situation. here I'll tell you this exactly what happens because no, I, this is really important because you know why <laughs> so Haas so every time we say any little thing all the other streamers and stuff these come in and go oh we're better than the young turks we're better than the young turks we agree with you 200 percent. they're such monsters and they clutch their pearls and stuff and etc and then we go okay guys we said but hold on we said a tiny thing you guys said this nuclear reaction okay say another tiny thing and defend our position for like three minutes on air right and then another round of nukes, right? We're better than the Young Turks. We're the most pure. We're the most progressive. Radical, radical, radical. We have to be the most radical. And if you don't believe us, then you're a Nazi. Well, and then I made it an issue. I talked about it for about a total of maybe three minutes in all the Young Turks, okay? And then everyone else talked about it for 200 hours I know, and pretended that it was us. Okay, here's the here's the thing. Here's the thing that you're there's two different parts here. One, you've immediately uh, ascribed to uh, you know bad faith uh, yes. arguments to these people. You're like yes. saying they're cloud operated. Yes. I definitely do. Okay. So one, that might not be the case. There might be genuine disagreements. That's number one. But at at which point you think well, you know better than them, right? Um, no, I'm. They could disagree. Okay, I okay. don't give a shit. Okay, about but their listen, listen, listen. But like, okay, but okay. Even but if, if they, they are bad, me, faith, I'm going to call them Nazis. Okay, even if they are bad faith, right? Okay. Even if they're bad faith, then what the fuck are you doing? Giving them more clout? I don't. No, I don't say no, anything. And no, then they do 200 shows no, about it. Doesn't it, matter. And then pretend I'm the one saying it. It doesn't so matter. So I got. Hey, can we agree that all the other uh, like Lance or whatever the fuck their names are? No. Oh no, no. They should all shut the. Fuck Fuck up then, okay, right? Right? Dude, because that's dude, what you're saying. Dude, Why are you making a big issue out of it? Because I only said it for one minute. They said it for 200 minutes. Why don't they shut the fuck up? Oh, my God. I'm going to lose my mind. <laughs> I, don't under, I don't even understand what we're disagreeing about. So we agree 99% on the issue, and we agree I think the major, 99% the, that it's yeah. not a major issue, and people are making a okay. big deal out of it. I think, I think the, the anger that people feel towards that sort of thing inevitably derives from offering any fucking light to that conversation, especially when you understand that it is just like bullshit talking points that have been focus-tested and being brought up. The moment that you give it any validity, okay, and now I'm not even talking about like let's talk about a general I, thing. I'm not even talking about that. I'm talking. I'm not even talking about like you know talking to other leftist people or like defending your positions or whatever. I'm talking about how deeply and undesirably unproductive it is to offer any amount of consideration to literally talking points that are cooked up in a fucking laboratory about. 0.1% of the fucking population. As they, as they do 200 shows back to back. There are a million streamers. And, are you and telling them? There are a million streamers that have not only said things about you, 
would have said things about me as well. There is a difference between uh, you and I, though, because no matter what happens, when people do write those uh, things or people do say those things about me, I've learned the hard way not to give it any credence whatsoever and stay the fucking course. And ultimately, if people have made up their minds that I am a transphobic person, then that's, yeah, GG's. There's nothing I can do about that. If people think that I'm bad on racial issues or if I'm a misogynistic person, then there's nothing that I can change about their perspective. They are entirely too malleable, which is why I have assumed positions on so many things that the American population considers radical, whether it be foreign policy and what I believe in, or whether it be trans issues, even if it's something that Americans across the board consider to be like unpopular. The reason why I can stay the course in spite of that pushback is because I fucking ignore it because I know that it is unproductive. That's it. Yeah. And, and the second thing I will say, and this is something that I try to talk to my audience about quite frequently, is that being a progressive is not about having black people or trans people hype you up all the fucking time. There are going to be plenty of moments where you are going to be at odds with activists. There is going to be plenty of moments where you have disagreements with the marginalized communities that you claim to uh, speak on behalf of. Ultimately, it's not even about a logical conclusion to those problems. It's about being empathetic, right? That's at the heart okay. of the matter. So let's being see, empathetic. Let's a super important distinction, okay? Because, and, and I don't think I've made a good enough case for this distinction, and I want to be way clearer. There's a difference between randos in the world that care about this issue, whether they agree with me or disagree with me, or they heard the wrong thing about me, By the or, way, or they have heard the right thing, and they still think this guy's a Republican and I hate him. No problem. And media figures, streamers, etc. Those guys are largely scorpions, and it's because the incentives and disincentives create scorpions. Because when you attack someone else, you get into the algorithm loop on YouTube, mainly YouTube, but in some other places as well, and you try to get attention. So they don't even know, I hope they don't know, a lot of them, that they're do, uh, doing it on purpose. I hope they're not doing it on purpose, but probably some of them are, right? But they think like, no, this is really important. I have to correct the record by attacking the Young Turks. Oh, look at that. My views went up. What a wonderful coincidence. I'm going to do it again and again and again. And this is not just about radical left. Are you crazy? No way. The, the right wing started this. Why does Steven Crowder dress up as me? Yeah. Right? I, I was about to say, listen. Right? Listen, but you're... So why did Jimmy Dore attack me like a nut job? Why did Sargon of Akkad go back like 15 partially, years? Partially why because... Why did Sam Harris... Why did all of them attack us? Partially you because you YouTube, respond... We're the largest partially because you respond it's called getting farmed trust me i know from personal experience what that's like i uh, you know for a very long time i got farmed like a motherfucker okay because just like you perhaps because i am also uh, as stubborn as you are i couldn't shut the fuck up anytime there was like any error whenever someone said this is what Hassan believes or whatever the fuck i immediately rushed to correct the record thinking that there was good faith discussion to be had. Now, out of the people that are actually criticizing you, there are people who I uh, uh, do like, who I do appreciate. I'm not going to get into that part of the conversation because I feel like that's going to uh, blow no, a lid in this. It's going to make you blow a gasket. But the reality is that if you want to have a productive and successful coalition, you just can't stress that shit out, okay? 
You, you yeah, can't. No, I'm, I'm good with even it. If, even if Look, they I say. I was super clear. You like what we're saying? You come to the Young Truths. If you don't like it and you want super radical weirdos, there's like a million See, but, shows but for you. That's what you're doing. Like, you're, you're already, you're casting everyone else in a bad light. Don't even talk about it. Don't even bring it up. That's okay, it. Okay. So I know. I've been punched in the face 200 times. When you, and I'm not allowed to punch back. Exactly. 100%. That's what I'm saying. Yes. Yes. You get it. That is what I'm saying. That's what being fucking progressive is, okay? If someone on your side is punching you, you ultimately turn around and say, I don't give a fuck. It's fine because the real motherfucker whose face I have to punch is out there that actually holds on to all levers of power because while we're fucking arguing about the minutia of your perspective on trans issues or whenever like uh, uh, you, you choose to engage in like any kind of reactionary framing of an issue, there are actual fucking people out there who are making everyone's lives actively worse. So why the fuck would I ever care about what some dumbass fucking YouTuber has to say when Ben Shapiro is, again, stealing our fucking lunch money and doing whatever the fuck is necessary to keep propagandizing Every fucking awful position that makes people's lives worse. Right. That's why I fucking cover Ben Shapiro every day, by the way, you dumb cocksuckers in here who fucking think like, oh, why does the song talk about Ben Shapiro all the time? That's why. Because he's the fucking bad guy. You will never see me fucking agree with Ben Shapiro or Steven Crowder or any of those fucking bullshit charlatans out there because those are the fucking bad guys. I don't give a fuck if people call me transphobic or racist or whatever the fuck. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna stray away from my my point of view, but more importantly, and I don't think you do either, but there's this one issue that you and I have. There's one disagreement. There's one difference that you and I have. You spend entirely too much time thinking about all the people on your side who fucking hate you. Okay. Who, who say you're bad and wrong. Even if it's a misunderstanding, don't even fucking clear it up. It doesn't matter. People will see where you are genuinely coming from when you keep saying the same shit that you're saying that you've said for 20 fucking years. That's it. Okay, a lot of people yelled at me during the fucking Hogwarts uh, drama. Uh, there were every trans content creator on Twitter yelled at me. Okay, and said you're a fucking a piece of shit. You're transphobic. Oh, what? You can't play one fucking game that's transphobic. It was an idiotic fucking take from the jump. I said it a month in advance that this is entirely too popular of an IP. The best thing to do is not like try to do boycott is try to boycott this fucking IP. That's completely devoid of, of the transphobic person that is making money off of it. And instead use it to, to fundraise or, or, uh, uh you know, push the issue further. Everybody yelled at me, said that that was incredibly transphobic. What the fuck did I do? I shut the fuck up. I said, you guys are wrong, but it doesn't matter. History will absolve me. It did. Who gives a shit? The game fucking sucked. Right-wingers like Ben Shapiro made commentary on it, saying that Hassan is terrified of, of trans people in his own audience, and that's why he also has to capitulate to the trans people in his own audience, when if I wanted to capitulate, it would have never said uh, anything about Hogwarts whatsoever, and I would have just stayed the course and never played it and said, yes, it's a transphobic fucking game. But I didn't do that because I'm a stubborn piece of shit. I yelled at the people and I moved on. Many of those people who thought I was transphobic in that fucking fervor have come to the realization that they were maybe wrong. A lot of people don't want to admit that they're wrong, especially when tensions are fucking high. It doesn't matter. They finally quietly come to that conclusion that you were, uh, that you were on if they truly do believe that you are uh, uh, genuinely on their side. That's it. So just make your work speak for itself. You don't have to constantly fucking yell about random trans people online. And yes, that's what being the bigger progressive uh, media person uh, it, it revolves around. You have to do that. That's yeah. it.
All right, look, I'm going to take your advice. Let's move on because it's a microscopic issue. There you go. So let's talk about uh, defund the police listen, now. Okay, so the overall issue. That and we before we do that, there's two. Per- uh, I got to run the three minute ad break real quick, and I'm going to pee. But you can keep going. No, we're just. Uh, what I'm going to say, guys, is uh, that there's two icebergs that we need to talk about in terms of pro- why what could prevent progressive victory. Started with the iceberg to catch you guys up if you later of progressives going far and then getting painted as radical when in reality we're two-thirds of the country. Defund the police, okay? Issue with messaging overall. Another great issue because you and I have duked it out on our famous uh, Thanksgiving specials that we do where you come here and we argue about issues that uh, we have disagreements on, genuine disagreements on. One of them is crime, right? Uh, not to say that like I like crime and I think crime is awesome. I jokingly do say that from time to time, but ultimately nobody fucking wants crime. Uh, we might have a disagreement on how to solve that problem, right? Now you brought up defund the police, so I will. Uh, I would like to hear your position on that, and before I, uh, you know, get yeah. into my monologue. Okay, so first of all, it's world's worst framing, and framing matters because it it gets into people's heads and get leaves the impression of you are as a movement mm-hmm. and so and whenever i talk to people who are in favor of defunding the police the very first thing they usually say is no i don't really mean defund the police then why did you call it that so what, don't what, call it that at all what call would you what else. would you message it as so look it depends on what you're trying to do so for example and i believe in as i think you but we do have real substantive disagreements too but i believe in criminal justice reform i believe the cops are training is completely wrong they're t- taught only protect yourselves. Don't worry about the citizens, etc. Are there racial issues? Of course there are. Are there class issues? Of course they are. So I, w- I would want massive reform, and I would want the messaging to be around reform, which the great majority of Americans actually agree with. Again, two-thirds of the country is progressive. They agree with us. Don't drive them away with bad messaging, okay? Right. When people hear defund the police, they hear there's not going to be any cops, and they panic. And so... And it's not just white folks that panic. It's not just right-wingers that panic. Ilhan Omar almost lost her seat in a primary because 78% of African-Americans in her district did not want to defund the police. So how about this? Here's my reframing. And this is this works with a lot of like liberals that I talk to, at least, rich and poor. Hey, police, do your fucking job. Is that good? That's actually that really good. And I talk about that all the time. Okay, listen, here's the issue, though, with defund the police. As far as messaging goes and as far as optics goes, you yourself have uh, basically created an argument that you are not using in this situation. You said the media is all too powerful in manipulating public consciousness and they can change people's attitudes for the better, even if it's uh, entirely at odds with the material realities and the oppressive constructs built on top of those material realities. If that is the case then optics issues are simply an issue caused by the media not pushing the message enough. Is that what you're saying? So if in a future where MSNBC is truly progressive, that they could just be like, no, defund the police is actually f- fucking super sweet. Let's go forward. Do you think people would be on board with it? No, uh, because it's mixed. So yes, media pushes the message, but the message itself is also important. So if you had the message of kill all people, uh, that would not work well, even if MSNBC pushed it to ad nauseum, right? Uh-huh. And defund the police is such a fundamentally you think, wrong you think framing. Defund, you think defund the police is, is a message as aggressive no, and no, as wrong as, like, kill all people? No. I gave an extreme example, so <laughs> okay. not all examples are the same, but I think defund the police is almost as bad a message as you could possibly find because it get, leaves the impression that there will be no police, no safety, no security, and it freaks people the fuck out. 
That's a fact, and it's shown in every poll. Okay. Uh, defund the police means what? Reallocate some of these ballooning police budgets to social safety nets and social programs because that's where crime starts, and that's the best mechanism to combat certain types of crime, at the very least. Okay. So that's where we get into substance. So you don't agree with the policy, not just the optics. Let's, let's just clarify that. Yeah, so... Now, the optics, I 100% disagree. When it comes to policy, it's much more nuanced. And by the way, if people don't like nuance, then you're not going to like me at all. Because uh, you're, oh, no, I want a black and white world. I want everything to be extreme. No, I'm not that guy. So where does the nuance come in? So if you say to me, should we reform the police, reform the training? Obviously, as I said earlier, I say yes, right? Let's reallocate some of the uh, funding, social services, to keep the same amount of money, but move. Some of it from cops. I don't think they should keep services. the same amount of money. Okay, hold on. We'll get to that in a second. Some of it to social services because they can handle X better. I'm open to that. I'm totally open to that. Okay. Um, so it's a semantics difference. You're saying like keep the same no, amount no, of no, money, no, 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 but no, don't defund no. it. Okay. First of all, semantic difference is a giant difference as we just discussed. Optics, framing, et cetera, makes a huge difference. But when you get into well, the substance, I mean, it doesn't matter. There you, are you, some you, things I disagree with. But you don't, so but you don't agree example, with the policy say, anyway. You don't, you don't agree with the policy of like... Our, our ballooning police budgets year over year have not actually uh, genuinely improved the lives or uh, genuinely fucking put a dent in like uh, in, in, in fixing some of the pervasive problems. You don't agree with that. No, either. no. So look, so here's what happened. If you'd asked me that a couple of years ago, I probably would have agreed with that. And then we, we did in some places reallocate some of the money or cut some of the money. And so it's a little bit misleading in uh, places like Washington, D.C., because they took from one budget and moved it to another budget, et cetera. But the bottom line is they did lose a number of cops in a bunch of cities, okay? They lost a raw number of cops. Yeah, they and, died to COVID. <laughs> yeah. Well, look, there was a lot of factors, okay? Wait, including cops not doing their job, which I'll get to in a second. But having said that, <laughs> less cops, but that's not the main problem. But that was one of the contributing problems that led to more crime. Now, other things that I agreed with now have created issues. So, for example, no cash bail, okay? I was totally in favor of no cash bail because it's, I totally get the argument. I've, I, I, I was the one putting forward that argument of, hey, a rich guy and a poor guy does the same crime. Rich guy gets out on bail. Poor guy can't get out on bail. That's totally unfair, right? But what wound up happening is recidivism is a massive part of crime. And so when we did no cash bail, yes, there are a number of guys who are down on their luck, high, whatever. There's a fat number of factors. And when we did no cash bail for them, they just went out and did more crime, more crime, more crime, more crime, more crime. And it became a real significant problem. And so when I look at it, at a certain it, point, I, I got to cut you off because you've, you've made a couple points that I definitely disagree with. Right. So, but I'm, let me just button it up this way. Okay. And there's other factors, but my point is let's be open to how do we get to the right reform? So we have justice and they don't beat up black guys for no reason. They don't beat up homeless people for no reason. They don't shoot people for no reason, but at the same time have a reasonable policy where we protect the citizens. Okay, great. So uh, I've said this before. I'm not an abolitionist in the sense that, like, I don't believe that uh, there is no necessity for a, a group of people, whether it's democratically organized or not, that will uh, maintain the presence of law and order, but also solve crimes and, and you know, do what police are theoretically supposed to do, protect and serve the community, protect and serve the people. In the United States of America, 
throughout the history of the United States of America, I do not believe that the police force or whatever it was originally in its original inceptions, whether in the North they were uh, the, the guys who were supposed to protect commerce in shipyards or slave catchers in the South, have ever done that. They've always been protecting and serving the interests of capital. So that's definitely uh, that's definitely an issue that I have. Having said that, however, you brought up a couple different points that I disagree with uh, in terms of defund the police and also uh, about how less police have caused more crime and crime has like exploded in cities and whatnot. Um, a contributing factor. Uh, I, I do not believe that in the slightest. I do believe that what is known as the blue flu has created a lot of issues that police are supposed to theoretically solve, which they never really have done a good job with. If you look at their clearance rates, you will realize that, okay? But uh, beyond that, it's gotten even worse than, uh, than it was before because these are the most selfish, the most lazy, the most entitled, gigantically, uh, insanely violent, uneducated paramilitary group that you could have ever fucking put together and all of their ineptitude and criminal negligence is constitutionally protected. They have no right to fucking, they have no duty to actually have to protect you. They can shoot you if they uh, perceive you to be a threat when you're running away. All of these things have been protected by the Supreme Court. The real reason is because police are supposed to be a violent brigade uh, uh, that will defend and protect the interests of capital when push comes to shove. That is the reason why they are uh, the way that they are. The idea that their funding is fine and that their their numbers are diminishing and that's what actually is like a real gigantic problem for crime is, in my opinion, a historical and uh, and completely incorrect. They have gotten more money year over year, including in the defund the police years. Not a single fucking precinct with, I believe, one exception. It might have been Minneapolis, if I'm not mistaken. Not a single fucking precinct actually had diminished resources or diminished funds. As a matter of fact, they got more money and they got the most amount of money in comparison to all of the other amenities that the local governments are suppo supposed to offer. The Los Angeles Police Department gets costs, tax taxpayers, $8 million a day to operate. And what is that operation? Uh, not doing shit when a, a robbery is happening in front of them, okay? Now, if you ask them, they'll say, it's because you don't want me to be violent. You made this, you made me this way. You, you don't want me to stop the crime, so I'm not doing it. They're like petulant little fucking children, okay, who refuse to do the fucking job that they are supposed to do. They have the best fucking workplace protections. They basically live in like a, like a social democracy. They're the, only, they're the only individuals in society that have like fat pension programs and, and permanent job security. And then on top of that, what is their job? Is to be able to fucking shoot people if they want to and get away with it. It's fucking insane. So, it, it's nuts. The the it, the entire structure is fundamentally broken, and yeah. there is and that is by design. They are supposed to be that way. They are supposed to operate that way because when push comes to shove, when when you know people are rioting in the streets or whatever, when when the inherent contradictions become ever present, and and people start to react to that in either direction. Okay, whether it's like reactionary uh, activity. Uh, three percenters and the like, or whether it's like uh, people fucking throwing Molotov cocktails or whatever because they're losing their minds at the reality that they have no economic prospects and it feels like the, their lives are getting progressively shittier, 
Okay, they will sit there and they will put their fucking police force in rich neighborhoods and protect those people and ensure that storefronts are not damaged. So uh, there's actually a lot I agree with you on. Uh, uh, The main difference is that I think all those factors contribute, whereas you think the biggest factor is the cops basically not doing their job slash their job was always misdirected in the first place. Right. So I don't disagree with you on that at all. I just think that that's a big part of the equation, but not the whole equation. So, and I'll give you a couple of examples from LA to give you a sense of what I think are the issues. So in terms of the funding or the number of cops, I think that is a factor. You don't think it's a factor, but I actually think it's a relatively small factor. If that was the case, so, then policing would have gotten better year hold, over hold year on, when, as on, their funds on, grew, me, oh, right? Hold hold. And, and so by the way, though, hold on, don't make that argument, Huss, because crime statistics got way better throughout the years as police uh, budgets did get larger. Right. So that doesn't really help your argument now. But I I don't think it's that simple either. I don't think it was just the police budgets. No, there was a lot of different things that happened with crime that made crime go lower, including, by the way, lead in the walls and the paints and the and the cars. So very complicated issue. Right. Yeah. But I'm glad that you at least brought up the lead uh, uh, point because uh, crime has globally gone down. Yeah. In uh, areas where police budgets. In areas where police budgets know, have not gone cause. up as high as the United States of America. Yeah, I'm just pointing out that it's it doesn't help your cause to say that the budgets have gone up and crime has gone down. That that did happen. I don't think that that's a great correlation either. Don't get me wrong. Okay, now I think the much, and I agree with you that the bigger problem, the cops not doing their job, is in a story that I'm going to tell you. But it's also because of some of the laws that we passed. And so now some very violent crimes are misdemeanors and they should not be misdemeanors because misdemeanors get pled down to nothing. Felonies get pled down to misdemeanors. Misdemeanors get pled down to nothing. Mm-hmm. Okay. So no one's talking about that. What, are you, that what, is are, a what giant crimes, part of the problem. What crimes are you talking Some sexual about? Sexual assaults are misdemeanors. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's insane. It's totally insane. So the guy in New York subway took, uh, uh, took a dump and smeared it on a woman's face. And that was a misdemeanor. How is that a misdemeanor? Are you insane? Okay. Okay. So, okay, look, and, and maybe some mistakes were made there and they should have made some of those things misdemeanors. And that's exactly my point. It, you don't have to throw the baby out with the bathwater and you don't have to go to extremes and say, we should only focus on one or the other. Right. But now I'll give you an anecdote that uh, is an example of the type of thing that happens. So I have a neighbor who's, uh, by the way, we we're not operating under the principle that like New York, the New York police department or, uh, the New York court structure or New York in general, currently led by a cop mayor, is in any way, shape, or form like engaging in police abolition, right? Or no, defunding the police. No, but because it, it is more expensive to run the NYPD than like multiple countries' military. Yeah, I don't think the budget is the issue in New York. So, uh, okay. So let me give you that. But anecdote. you used the poop example to, you know. No, no, that example was not about budgeting at all. That example was. If that's a misdemeanor, it gets pled down to nothing. So uh-huh. we have to make sure the serious crimes are felonies. Okay? okay. By the way, so you and I do agree on NYPD not being underfunded, but if you ask the NYPD, they are the most underfunded. Oh, of course. They're always going to say that. Okay. I, look, are you so, kidding me? So they're lying. Okay. So here, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to get to that in a second. Of course they're lying. Of course they are. The, uh, so it's not, what am I trust? Do I just trust cops? No way. So let me explain. So I have a neighbor, we, we wound up having some deranged person. Also, that guy street. was charged with felonies, apparently, the poop man. Okay, so good. I'm happy that he was, but, you know, there's... So, so, the, question, so, so the question in that situation, though, is like... But originally, he was let go. Why? And so we have to, like, so 
that's an example. There are many, many examples. But let's, you know, if you want to dive into that one and see what well, went you, wrong it's and your why anecdote. he was let go, so that's great. Let's find out why he no, was no. let go because he definitely, definitely, definitely should not have been let go. Okay, so you, so you brought up an anecdote. So that was like, about cash bail. So, you're, so you're he got out because there's no cash bail, right? Okay, got it. Um, so, cash, okay. bail was, cash bail was important uh, to talk about as well, which is really, really, really important, especially with the conditions in Rikers uh, as the way that they are. One yeah, yeah, reason I'll get why. To that. Hold on. One, can I just tell the story because it informs okay, but the, the rest of the to, conversation? But I, I didn't think that I had to fact check you on something, but like, of course, we're going to have to it cut through for a second. You know what I mean? Okay, so what? why was he like, oh, was it cash bail or a felony misdemeanor issue? Because it was definitely one of them. I, I don't know why he was let go. Okay, You're the one who brought it up. Like I did not know. Times. If, I, if I misremembered and it was 12 or 9, okay, correct it. No big deal. I'm happy to okay. have whatever it was corrected. But there's a million examples of like, uh, okay. Can I, just like that. The reason why cash bail and all of these kinds of, uh, I guess, supposedly progressive uh, uh, implementations are happening is not because people have George Soros-backed district attorneys that want to undermine the American criminal justice system, it is out of necessity because of how draconian the American criminal justice system is that we simply do not have enough space in our carceral state that currently houses, chains, 25% of the entire population's incarcerated population, despite America being only 4% of the world's entire population. We have an overpopulation and overcrowding problem in our prison system, and that problem didn't happen overnight. It did not materialize, materialize out of nowhere. It happened with centuries of having the most draconian outlook on crime and punishment and refusing to analyze the structural issues that cause crime. The poverty cycle, the cycle of poverty and violence. That is why we are now at a situation where our prison population, our, our prisons are filled to the fucking brim and uh, the alternative is what? Like building more prisons, I guess, instead of trying to push for a different way of, of trying to solve the underlying reasons as to why crime and mental disorder manifests in the public. That is my argument. Yeah. No. So listen, um, if you say we imprison way too many people, I 100% agree. But then you've got to break it down. So why did we imprison too many people, 80s, 90s, 2000s, etc.? Because we had insane drug laws, that marijuana possession was a very serious crime, right? And Filled the jails with people uh, There's one other over reason. marijuana. There's one other reason. What's that? There's a material reason for it. Slavery. Yeah, I got you. So, And we build private prisons. The private prisons fund the politicians. Not, All that no, no, is no. Private true. prisons are a, a, a minor, even though they are like objectively one of the most cruel and inhumane things that you could do that like Europeans look to and go, what the fuck? You guys have that? Like you guys capitalize and, and profit off of the existence of fucking prisons? Like that's nuts. Uh, that's, that's a, that's a small part of the, of the puzzle, small part of the conversation. So the but, state but, prison structure also relies on, uh, slavery as a form of punishment. And but, but Haas, Haas. Okay. I, I, first of all, I think that the prisons were far too many, uh, and there were, we were imprisoning too many people and mainly on drug charges. And yes, there are nefarious other reasons that you point out. I point out private prisons, you point out slavery and yes, slavery is real. They make them work for a dollar or less. Per day, which is ridiculous. I, I, I know and and fight against all of that. Jenks, they now, get your having, money up. 
Not your funny up. You say get your money up to the fucking, uh, to the prison system, you know? Pay these motherfuckers more. So, uh, okay. But look, but at the end of the day, what is it that we're p putting people in prison for? If you say just generically, okay, let's have less people in prison. That doesn't make any sense. What? Do, okay, should we let out murderers, rapists? Of course not, right? Mm -hmm. So the question is, what should people go to prison for? So we, we all agree they should not go to prison for marijuana possession. That's insane, right? But we all agree that they should go to prison for murder and, and rape and, and, and the horrible crimes. So now we might disagree around the, around the edges, but those are important edges, right? And so say the prisons are awful. I totally agree. I don't know why we allow for the prisons to be disgusting, right? And in how they treat people, the solitary confinement. I mean, we, uh, we so, it, so the we average existence of a, a poor person in America is disgusting. Why the fuck would they care about prisoners on top of that? No, Nobody but cares. what we do in the prisons is beyond uh, yeah, of inhumane. Course. And of course. so for, like, there's all the jokes like, aha, you're going to go to prison. You're going to get raped. Why, why is that a, funny? Why is that a thing that we think is normal? No, rape is not normal. People having going to prison and getting raped is not normal. That's insane, right? Mm -hmm. So do we need massive reform of the prisons? Yes. Do we actually need to spend more money to make those uh, prisons bearable? And I don't mean just give it to the guards. I don't mean just give it to the warden. I mean actually make the prisons bearable. And we know that that creates less crime. Look at Norway. Recidivism is much lower in Norway, and they have much more humane prisons. So reasonable people agree, progressives agree, the great majority of the country agrees, but yet our goddamn politicians won't do it. So those are great places to start. Okay. When you get to the issue of cash bail, Haas, I was in favor of it, but now it, it clearly shows that there's a problem with recidivism. So can we agree, hey, you get no cash bail on the first can one. I, can okay? I say something? But on the second one, if you still if you do another crime, you want to do it then you need cash to get out of. Sorry, you, then you need bail because you're you are incorrigible. You're do, committing more and more crimes, and I'm not going to let you do that. I'm not going to let you brutalize the citizens because it's not fair. It's not just. We have to talk about the things that okay. are real okay. that are in can the I, middle. Hold on, hold on. Uh, this is important. Because let's walk through some stuff here. Because last time you were here, you brought up some talking points that were just, uh, I, I was fundamentally at odds with. And, and this is another issue of disagreement, a point of contention. Okay. As far as cash bail goes, walk me through what you think happens in that structure. Like, do you think that someone goes up in front of a judge and they're like a habitual reoffender, and the judge just goes, oh, there's no cash bail, so you're released? Do you think that's what happens? Uh Unfortunately, a great amount of times that is what happens. Yes. Okay. No, it's not a great amount of times where that happens. It does certainly happen, though. I'm not going to say that it doesn't. But this is, in many respects, the classic Michael Dukakis uh, moment where crime is a hot-button issue and it invokes a lot of passion out of people. So anecdotes work really well in comparison to actual empirical evidence. The problem with cash bail is not that like people just keep stealing cars. You can give me a thousand examples overall of being like, this guy's a carjacker and he got released immediately and he jacked another car, right? Ultimately, the data does not show these people are becoming repeat offenders. And what you are describing, what you are describing is an issue within the criminal justice system with a singular judge or maybe some judges that fuck up every now and then. Because ultimately, if someone is a habitual reoffender, the job of the judge that you are uh, bringing up is to say, no, dog, you're a, you're a poop guy. You're you're the guy. I'm sorry. You, you've, you've smeared too much poop. Like, this is your second time doing this. 
I'm not offering you bail because cash bail does not mean that judges have no power to offer. It, judges it, it, have no power to yeah. stop you from, uh, you know, entering a carceral facility at any well, given course, moment. Of course, if you committed of a murder, course. you're not going to get bail anyway. Exactly. Okay. So that but, is precise. But Huss, then do you agree with me that if you do it a second time that you need to pay bail? I don't think that legislating that is the smart decision because... Yes. Well, if you okay, agree, go ahead, go ahead. Well, then why the, don't you think it's then smart? the three strikes law would be a smart idea? Okay, no, three strikes is you're gone. You lose your entire life. Yeah, you you lose. Yeah, et cetera. And so, no, there's a difference. Between, the like, there was a guy in, the, in the Louisiana print. that was serving a life sentence for stealing a pair of hedge clippers, right? Okay. But, so but, that's but a different issue the principle than, behind hey, the, I'm letting you out to do another crime and another crime and another crime. The principle, I'm asking you, like, so would you, is there, if it's not two, is it three, is it four? What you're describing is literally, no, codifying that in that way is quite literally running into the same exact problem that no, it's feeds into the carceral state. Whereas, no, the, f the problem there is judges should have discretion and they should apply that discretion appropriately rather than saying they are no longer able to apply discretion whatsoever because the law does not permit you because... Uh, I, I'm perfectly comfortable saying if someone does... If, especially if you go to three. Three crimes, they got let out with no bail. No, that's, sorry, that's brother. That's quite literally the uh, principle. The, the law, you're, you're describing the yeah. principle behind the three strikes law. Except for you, the fact that one is about bail and you're going to get an actual court mm -hmm. date where you will receive justice and you will receive a trial, which of course, et cetera. Which the of other course, one is we take your uh, liberty away for the rest of your which life. Of course brings us back, which of course brings us back to the, the major reason as to why people are just kind of letting people go. And that is that Rikers is an insane place to uh, to even fucking exist. And no, a lot of those people are not getting their fucking day in court immediately because the courts are fucking backed up because we have an incredibly draconian criminal justice system. That's why you shouldn't no commit three crimes in a row because you don't want to go to Rikers. Okay, that's a really, that's awesome that you said that because you think that higher sentences or more aggressive ways of punishing crime is an adequate deterrent deterrent strategy when there is not a single piece of paper no, that you can point us. to throughout you just did you just gave no, no, that no, as no, a reason no, for no, deterrence no, no my, it doesn't work no brother it doesn't work it has never no, worked no, hold on so when a guy commits three crimes in a row i'm not worried about deterrence i'm worried about getting him the fuck off the street so he stops punching defenseless women in the face while they're trying to get to work okay it, you're, so it, i'm gonna take him his ass off the street you've committed enough goddamn crimes when we're gonna put you away I, and if I'm you want to cry about it well sad day for you i'm shocked you shouldn't they, have punched a poor lady in the subway three freaking different times in i'm the face. shocked that you do not see on the one hand you have you have sympathy for the other guy who was swept away under the same draconian rules when he like is that guy can't get stealing. out of prison for life the other guy just has to go to trial and prove he didn't do it Okay, so the guy uh, that was uh, suspected, because you don't have to actually do a crime to, like, get thrown in Rikers, right? The guy that was yeah, suspected but, yes, in a situation... Yes, that does happen. In a situation a where... a much more common occurrence is guys doing crimes over and over you, and over and over and over. Okay, you, no, that's not... Recidivism is, like, the number one problem. Recidivism... A tiny amount of criminals recidivism, create, create a giant number wait, of wait, crimes. Wait, 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 I know that. Recidivism doesn't happen specifically on the bail side, though. Recidivism is the sum total of all uh, uh, all 
people who were incarcerated that get out of prison after serving their sentence, Jake. There is a much larger number of people that are serving prison sentences and getting out and then engaging in crime again rather than like being apprehended for a moment, being detained, and then fucking going out and doing the crime again. That's not recidivism. Ah, so you're just talking past reality. You guys are going Wait, into what? the... Hold on, hold on, that. hold on. You guys are going into stores. Guys are harassing people on the streets, etc. And they're walking, brother. They're walking. And that's why they're coming back and doing it again and again and again. If you say that's not happening, you're arguing against reality. And that's that's exactly what I'm saying here. You're losing people. You're losing people who are on your side because they go, us, that's not reality. That's not the reality that I live in. They're locking up all the stuff in the CVS because guys keep coming in and taking it. That's another right? really good. See, again, all matter you of. You think that it just. You, all matter. Everybody's making it up. CVS is making it up. Well, they're, they're not. They're, as a matter of fact, if you look at the actual data coming from the. The National Retailers Association, they literally talk about shrink, which is not necessarily simply people stealing. 36% of that, uh, the $112 billion number that they point to in terms of total shrink actually is external theft in the form of organized retail theft, which, by the way, isn't the the, uh, uh, the overwhelming majority of external theft that's happening. It's just a fucking media fantasy, okay? 26 no, not. We see with our own eyes, Haas. Dude, dude, do you want me to describe to you what Go the ahead. reality is by giving you empirical evidence, or are we going to talk like you're a reactionary conservative by just, you know, talking about your fees? Like, this is not... fees. You're crazy, man. No, 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 no. You're doing... You're literally... Oh, my God. You're doing... You're doing Ben Shapiro. No, brother, come on. Facts are... Tell me that Philadelphia didn't happen? Are you telling me they didn't go into that no, goddamn store? No, of course it happened. Do you think that $112 billion of shrink is happening? 36 percent happens. Okay, exactly. But now it's worse okay. because they've added is this it? extra layer. Is it worse? That's really interesting because according to the National Retailers Association, that fucking same number that you hear in local media, that actual study shows that shrink has not increased in comparison to former years, and it's actually trailing along at one percent so increase. So all those shops in San Francisco are closed because they don't want to make money because they wanted to make some you, political point. Do you think organized retail theft is capable of stealing 112 billion dollars? Or do it's you not think that the it's, whole shrink, Haas? Yeah, exactly. It, it's it's literally internal internal theft in the same way that it, has it, always existed. And employees are stealing twenty six percent, which by the way, totally on board with that. Keep doing that. Don't do that. Okay. Don't do that. Um, not only not only that, but also there's inventory mismanagement, things that are damaged in the process. That's a part of shrink as well. Always, always shrink across the board has not increased in a dramatic way, Haas, according why to the are national they closing down the stores because they close real down estate stores be because you can't make money that's insane they can't make money because of real estate jank they can't make money because brick and mortar has no basis anymore there's no way to make money with Both with a factors. fucking walgreens in no that's a much larger factor it's insane to say that like three fucking teenagers or a hundred teenagers even are are a, 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 a gang of roving teenagers are able to literally take down the entire retailers uh in in uh, neighborhoods that's crazy you know so, where shrink you know why shrink is actually increased self checkout that's why shrink is actually increased because you know what contributes to shrink that that 112 that billion dollar number you know what actually increases that you and everyone else that goes into a fucking wawa and like steals the skittles Who, what do you think is happening more frequently roving gangs of people that are able to steal billions of dollars of merchandise or a sum total of every fucking american doing the same goddamn thing without even thinking about it when they just go into a wawa and yoink a skittles at 2 a.m when they're high as fuck I I, That's not, what is actually the shrink. But Haas, I'm not denying any of the factors that you mentioned. Those are all real factors. 
but you're denying the one factor that everyone can see with their eyes. So you're, are you saying, oh so what should we do with those guys who break into those places? Okay. Shouldn't we put them in prison right away and make sure? Do, that- I, do I think that police should uh, stop robberies? Yes, I do. Thank you. That is insane. No, that's not a few moment because okay. the reality, because the reality that you are dealing with is not what is actually happening. And it saddens me to see you go along with mainstream media narratives that are inherently reactionary. It's not, Haas, you're not living in reality. So, Brother, okay, how so, am I not living? I just gave you empirical evidence. You gave me, look around, that is the reality. How is that not any different than so, what Ben Haas, Shapiro does? First of all, we, we all see that they walk into the stores, they take the stuff, we all see that they, the stuff gets locked up, we all see the stores closing down. Not only that, we all experience it. So finally, can I just get to the anecdote okay. that I was talking about? Because it's instructive, no, not because, because it improves definitively anything but it's instructive for what i'm the point i'm trying to make okay which is partly agrees with some of the things that you have said okay so we got a guy in the neighborhood he's carrying around this metal pipe and he's sharpened the edge and 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 it looks like a freaking spear and there by the way there was another lady with a machete and she and these are real stories you can catch feelings over but they're absolutely real and and by the way the lady with the machete nobody did anything about her because the cops say oh no no we don't see the machete and that's the cops not doing their job right but, I agree. yeah but at the same time they go we take her in she comes right back out okay so at some point she finally grabbed a mom and a kid so finally they took her away she comes back 48 hours later okay fine but now you the guy not- with the spear the guy with the spear uh, is yelling the n-word 24 7 on the corner of uh, of the block so I have a biracial neighbor. She comes out and he sees her and he starts calling her the N-word and he's got a goddamn weapon, right? And then cops come out eventually, begrudgingly, right? And the cops say, no, we're not going to do it. He puts away the spear. Some uh, The other lady takes it away. And the cops go, no, we're not going to do anything about it. And they say, why? My neighbor asks, why, why, why? Two reasons. One, we bring them in and they get released. You want me to bring them in? He's going to be back out here in a couple of hours. Okay? Earlier, earlier okay, you said so you don't hold, believe cops, and now you're saying on, you believe hold cops. On, let me finish the story. And then the, as they're leaving, they then say, you know, if you care about this, you should care about how you vote. So that's the cops saying, I'm not going to do my goddamn job unless you vote Republican, unless you can let me kick people's ass for a living. I don't like solving crime. I like kicking ass uh, and when I have an overwhelming advantage, right? So is that real? Yes, it's real. But it is also real, Haas, that when they bring them in, they let them out. And so what happened with the lady with the machete? She's back out in 48 hours. Thank you for bringing this up because it made me more angry at the cops. <laughs> I That's just wanna... my point. Both okay, things good. are true, Haas. Okay, cops got aren't it. doing their jobs. And if I was a New York City uh, police, if I was Bill de Blasio back in the day, you know, I don't know if you remember, the cops turned their backs on him in some press conference when he was doing like a mild critique of cops or something. Yeah, right? I remember. They, yeah. they, run that, they run the show over there, the Sergeant Benevolence Association. Yeah, they you dox, know what I would they do? dox his child. Yeah, you know what I would have done? I would have been like, you're fired and you're fired. Go ahead and sue me, okay? And police chief, you're fucking fired. And if you don't do your goddamn job, you're all going to get fired. Okay. Go ahead and sue me. Okay? Can we, can we, before so both are factors. Okay. Can we, can we get back to the major difference of agreement that we had? Because like you were, you were doing the, the anecdote thing while I was trying to show you something that is objectively uh, true. One, Walgreens, when they, uh, when they closed down their shops in certain areas, they said it was crime. Crime was the reason. I, at the time said, that's fucking bullshit. And and it didn't matter because everyone was doing the same thing that you're doing. Look around. Look around. Crime is happening everywhere. Except Walgreens now 
openly states a year after the fact, oh yeah, I guess the, C the CFO came out and said, the chief financial officer said that maybe we cried too much last year over theft. The question at this point is, why did they do that? I know why they did that. Do you have an idea of why they said crime was the reason why they were closing their shops? So look, it, you're taking Walgreens as one example, and there's a lot of different uh, companies that but if I'm react taking in different ways, and there are a number of factors. So if Walgreens admit, admits that they overstated the crime, uh, there was a real reason why they closed their shops. I agree. So, so in that so what, case, what, no, no, one no, of the well, other on. factors what is, the is probably larger, right? Yeah. So, so, what, so is, example, what is the reason? The point you make about so real what do you estate, think it was? The point you make about real estate is actually a perfectly good point. So you think it was Amazon? also one of the factors. Okay, so you think it was like same-day delivery, Amazon, e-commerce uh, well, dominating? Well, that's complicated too because that that's a contributing factor, but COVID made uh, a giant difference because people were not actually physically going into the Fair, stores. Fair, true. So, so that's good. So you recognize all of that. Okay. So if even one of these executives that was leading the fucking charge openly admits that they were lying a year prior and the National Retailers Association that puts out those numbers on shrink is openly admitting that uh, the increase in shrink is like actually perfectly in line with the increase in retail shopping and it's totally normal, then you as a smart person values empirical evidence over personal anecdotes should in that situation do what? So Haas, are you so look, I if you want, next time I'll come with a book of statistics for you. But are you saying that in Portland that the good progressives in Portland were full of shit and they uh, panicked and they and they got rid of their progressive legislators and got tougher on crime because it was just all a mirage and they bought into the mirage. No Haas, we see the crime, you see the numbers going up, it selects cities See, it's sometimes affecting some retailers, but not other retailers. And so it is a confluence of factors. But if you think that actual crime is not one of the factors, go ask the good people of Portland, go ask the good people of Seattle, who are all overwhelmingly progressive. And they're saying, we've had enough of this shit. Will you, for God's sake, when someone commits a crime, put them in goddamn jail? Okay. I, I don't know what to tell you because... Like, I, I'm, you can come back with more statistics, which I think if you are a media person with a profound amount of influence, 5 billion views a month, like you said. No, a year. Or 5 billion views nice a year. Month. You should probably have those statistics because those statistics should have been guiding your So you think the people of in Portland and Seattle just totally got uh, played. There was no crime. The, uh, I'm not saying the situation that, wasn't out of control. I'm not saying days. that there is no crime. I've never said that there is no okay, crime. Okay, but that it was overhyped. Crime and they, is and a... they threw out their progressive legislators crime is because a they were wrong that's really interesting that you mentioned that because in san francisco chesa budin was recalled right right because he's like woke george soros back da and yet it's not like they got a handle on crime after that because it's about the laws it's not about one individual so that's why i'm focusing on too many misdemeanors that should be felonies and we got to put a cap on uh no cash bail i'm giving okay. you very specific reasonable amendments of what we need to do to have a fair prison system and a fair mm -hmm. criminal justice system mm -hmm. that does not over imprison people and that does not under imprison people so that you protect everyone and <laughs> there's no there's no one come on you can't say that there's a problem with under imprisoning people in america right well these days unfortunately in some cities there are because no, of these you laws and, that we in some cities what cities point to a single city where there's an under imprisonment uh, issue for the last three to five years yes, yeah. yes. portland Seattle, San Francisco. Okay. San Francisco or in the California in its entirety. Okay. Because San Francisco is like, uh, what, what do you point to with San Francisco's under policing? Like the, the classic, uh, 
uh, grand larceny uh, restrictions have been uh, limited, right? So why did it happen in the in the last year or so when that's been in place as a law for, what, 10 fucking years almost? That's because they started watching the local news and going, oh, we can do this and there's no consequences. Let's oh. just all go steal shit okay. because nobody's getting arrested. Okay, got it. Uh, but we already established that retail theft has not actually increased according to the Retail uh, Association. So where is that happening? That is outside of the bounds of reason. So look, you're coming at... So, all right, Huss, you win. Next time, I will come. Credible stats about crime because you're obsessed with proving that our eyes are lying to us and that, that the stats are think, perfectly lovely. There's no extra okay. crime. There's no extra okay, no, no, retail no, This is really theft. important. This is really There's important. No, we're all making it up. This is the we're same conversation. Jake, this is the same conversation that I had in, in some respects with Andrew Tate. Uh, no, I'm serious. Anecdotes have a tendency to misguide us because, of course, when you see something happening right in front of your eyes, you have a tendency to think this is happening infinitely more frequently which is why we rely on empirical evidence, right? That is us. They're letting people go. That's a fact. That's a okay, fact. But one part of that the lady has a machete. She's back on the corner in 48 hours. I understand. You're denying that. people's reality and you're I, driving them crazy. And no, you're making them go. I'm not going to vote for no. that person or anyone associated with that guy under penalty of law. I am not going to let my kids get kidnapped by a machete lady because Haas has some stats about Walgreens. You're mix. You're mixing and matching two different things when we're talking about it. You're saying crime across the board, specifically in retail stores is happening and it's happening at levels that previously were unheard of or unseen. You're obsessed I'm showing with the retail you stores. I'm telling you the No, that's picture. one aspect of it. As far as the criminal mishandling of the personal situation that you're talking about, I'm right there with you. It is unimaginably cruel that police have this fucking stranglehold on the neck of Americans where they just go, "Sorry, I'm not going to do my fucking job." That requires swift justice. In the sense that these cops that misbehave in this way, that get paid $300,000 a year with overtime pay that they fucking did, all to just sit around in a fucking parking lot and jerk off all day and look at their fucking laptops and drive around and, and drive over fucking red lights uh, with their lights off every goddamn day for no fucking particular reason, those pieces of shit need to learn to do their goddamn jobs. If you One think of that's that is the only being. Factor, you're wrong. How is that not the most ah, significant factor? So are they letting factor? them go or are they not letting them go? They're letting them go and then telling you they're letting them go because, sorry, there's no other, there's nothing we can do because they're these not woke them go. DAs the are going are letting to... letting them go, Haas. The prosecutors are letting them go. And then the cops are not doing their job. It's a double whammy, okay? So t are you saying the prosecutors haven't changed anything about cash bail? Do you think... They haven't changed anything about misdemeanors versus felonies? Do you think... And that it's just magically Do happening. you think prosecutors are just like, we love that fucking... Do you think that in the United States of America, under this criminal justice system, okay... Do you think that prosecutors are going, we love crime, let's fucking let these people about. go? So no. what is it about then? So when a, when a law changes and a prosecutor says, hey, brother, this used to be a felony, but now it's a misdemeanor. I'm out to nothing. And he's talking because I can't try all these cases. I can only try about 2% of these cases. Okay. So I have to do pleas. I have to do pleas. So when you call something a misdemeanor, I'm going to let that dude walk 9 out of 10 times. Okay? So all I'm saying, Haas, is... A slight change where we go, those crimes should not be misdemeanors. They should be felonies. And okay. we go one by one, 
And I bet you we get overwhelming agreement, right? And the other slight changes, hey, somebody commits a crime once, don't, don't make them do a cash bail. Uh, that's not fair to, to poor people, middle class people, et cetera. But somebody does, in my opinion, two, you can say eight, whatever the number is, and we could argue over the number. But if they do two crimes back to back, no, then okay, then then you've got to stay in jail and, and, and you've got to pay bail. That's it. Okay. I don't agree with your solutions because I the problem here is that and the reason why I went back to retail theft is because it's the most it's the one that like everyone fucking constantly talks about is that when you're talking about like violently threatening someone with a fucking weapon, okay, that's not a misdemeanor. Like in a lot of places, it is. No, it's not. All right. It, 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 okay, nah, in I'm Los Angeles, look. is it a? Is it a? Okay, threatening assault with a deadly weapon is a misdemeanor in Los Angeles. No, first of all. Let's okay. Let's look it up. If it's a want, felony. Could, uh, it's a felony. No, dude, you just took the most extreme example. What do you mean? You're like attempted murder? Well, I, is that jury. a misdemeanor? Wait, no, I did okay. not use attempted murder. I used the anecdote that you brought up. You said making criminal threats or threatening to assault someone with a deadly weapon is lowered to a misdemeanor. It's your example. I didn't bring that up. You brought it up, and I'm fact-checking so it. I don't know why that machete lady was let out. Okay, so I wasn't there in her court trial. But in terms of tons of sexual assault, assault here, petty, uh, I just looked up like common misdemeanors, right? And this doesn't, this we this, uh, we can get it, like we should do Why? a real can analysis I, I of something? it, but some forms of well, assault and, okay, and okay. DUIs, we, we, on and on and on. No, 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 I love that. We will get into that in a second. This is very important and it deserves self-examination. This is an issue that happened in the real world in your life. This is something that you have used in your commentary. Should you, in your opinion, at least do the due diligence and have checked to see if it was a misdemeanor or a felony when it's an example that you've used before last time you were here? Since between last time you were here and now, do you no, think that, that you should have... two weeks ago. Oh, okay. You were... because Okay, yeah. then you were talking okay, about I'm a Okay, I'm going to read issue. you misdemeanors in California. Assault, battery, indecent exposure shoplifting domestic battery trespassing receiving stolen property <laughs> trespassing okay Tra you know you laugh at trespassing here's another anecdote i know you don't like anecdotes but this is real people's lives my neighbor comes down it's what not you as just said right there i agree with like 98 percent of it okay so great can we end on agreement because we've done it for over two hours now Oz. but the problem is you made this argument with like 11 different talking points that we had to go through piece by piece and examine and find out is not necessarily the way that you have presented it. Now, the reason why I'm bringing this up, and I think it's important, is specifically because this is dangerous thinking. Because once you are this impassioned about a particular subject, you start seeing information, especially in a mainstream media that is motivated by corporate goals, that correspond to your biases and sometimes you don't examine them deeply and that is a problem and it's an infinitely larger problem when you are a you know 30 year progressive political commentator that is an issue that I do have I don't think I'm gonna be honest with you I don't think you're looking at this stuff objectively because you see crime or you see manifestations of crime and I think that is causing you to grab on to whatever right-wing framing that... It's not right-wing framing. I mean, how much more nuanced could I have been? Oh. Two hours and 15 minutes of 
fucking nuance and you call it right wing framing because then so, because I mean, because okay, when we look at the nuance right, then I'll do likewise okay you you think crime's no big fucking deal hey go people of LA fuck off and deal with it on your own I'm not going to give you any cops I'm not going to give you anything and I'm going to say oh progressives are always right just decriminalize everything and crime for everyone okay we can both do exaggerations if you like yeah, we could both I don't, do I don't think that I so like you're saying it's all anecdotal we've gone through how many stats how many times have I shown national crime numbers have gone up and you've agreed okay so we've gone over it and over it and over it Huss, it is you're saying to the people of these communities no. that they're imagining it they are not fucking imagining it we're they're going, not imagining it we're going back to the same issue that we had in the beginning of the conversation when we were talking about two ways of looking at the same data point you can look at overall shrink without knowing what contributes to that Okay, like the National Retail Association reveals shrink numbers year over year. Local media will look at that and go $112 billion worth of merchandise have been stolen, and they will interlace that into Good footage. I'm not local media. Into, I get no, proper hold context. on, hold on. They will interlace that with footage of like black teenagers stealing Gucci purses or whatever the fuck to drive home a narrative, right? But when you look at the actual data in and of itself, you realize that the reality is not that like retail theft has gotten completely out of control. As a matter of fact, it's only increased by uh, around 1%. Overall shrink is increased by around 1%. And that is completely an understandable increase that is adjusted with overall retail increasing, not just crime, but retail increasing. So when you see that, there's two ways to look at that. Uh, there's, there's two ways to analyze that data. $112 billion, that's crazy. I already have seen the anecdotal, the, the emotional anecdotes that the media is showing me, and I see the $112 billion number, and I go, wow, that's fucking nuts. Okay, I start developing uh, this, this idea that it is like rampant and out of control. So what do I do in that situation? I show you the actual information in the way that it's supposed to be presented in an objective manner. That is not me saying that uh, you're doing this deliberately or by design. I'm saying that it would require a little bit additional. I think it would behoove you to look into it a little bit further when you see something uh, about uh, crime running rampant instead of immediately going along and saying, no, I already feel this way. This information is presented to me and such. So I'm just going to go along with it and say it is run rampant. That's it. That's all I'm. At. That's all I'm stating. I'm going to take your advice from earlier and say, "Hey, we disagree a little bit. God bless." All right. Well, um, is there anything else we want to talk about? I'm sorry. We 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 spoke for two hours and seventeen minutes. Uh, brother, you're going to ask me if I'm running for president. Oh yeah, you're you're running for president. <laughs> so, uh, what's going on? What's your goal here? Why are you running for president? Okay. Uh, first of all, it's not official. Uh, I've got to get a staff together. When it's 100% for sure. Obviously, I'll let you guys know it's 100%. But the reason why I'm very seriously considering it, leaning in that direction, is because I think there's about a 90% chance that Joe Biden's going to lose. Point one is, uh, unlike Democrats in D.C., I actually think democracy's on the line. I actually think Trump is a fascist. And uh, and I think that the country's going to have a very tough time recovering if Trump wins the election again. And But the Democrats say, yes, well, on the other hand, uh, we have to bow down to authority, and Joe Biden is the authority figure, so we must all obey him. And if it means we lose our democracy, well, at least we weren't impolite to Joe Biden and Democratic leaders. So I agree with you. I think that uh, Democrats have portrayed every single election as the most important election of our lifetimes, and in some respects it is true. However, 
I do think that if that was the case, then the Democratic Party, or if they actually believed it, they wouldn't put up Joe Biden. They would not have put up Joe Biden last time around, especially when the when the deck of talent was uh, significantly wider. Of course, you had Bernie Sanders, but even on the neoliberal side, even on the corporate Democrat side, you had way more talent, at least younger talent, that could have absolutely uh, defeated Donald Trump. So now uh, Joe's chances of losing are even uh, larger, despite the fact that if it was, and I do firmly believe this, if it was anyone else, if it was like the same policies that Joe Biden has implemented, uh, some of which I do agree with, I think like the federal agencies have done a pretty good job, NLRB uh, specifically. But if he was a younger guy, if he was a more, if he was the old retail politician, Joe, he would be winning by Reagan margins. Yeah. I think. So, But he's not. Yeah. So first off on the most important election stuff. Uh, I'm on the record. I mean, and I've been doing this a long time. 1996, Bill Clinton versus Bob Dole. At every election, they say it's the most important election. And I said, no, this is the least important election of our lifetimes. Clinton and Dole's policies are nearly indistinguishable. And in 2012, and this will make some heads explode, uh, Mitt Romney versus Barack Obama, a very unimportant election. So uh, Barack Obama winning the first time around, very important. Second time around, sure, I voted for Obama. Of course, Obama is better than Romney. But, I mean... Obamacare was previously called Romneycare, literally the same policy, right? They're both, one's a corporate Democrat, the other one's a corporate Republican. Yeah, there's issues around the margins, but overall, not earth shattering. Mitt Romney would have done things that were very similar to Barack Obama, right? So now, this is earth shattering. Donald Trump tried a coup. He has a fake elector scheme, and he wanted to, you know, we start the riot, we delay the vote. And then we kick it back to the states. The state Republican legislators install the fake electors. The House votes for Trump. Lead the coup. I'm not letting that freaking fascist back in to office. He's never going to let go. He doesn't believe in democracy. He doesn't believe in America. Democrats think, generally speaking, Democratic Party leadership thinks, yeah, but Bernie Sanders is worse because we're all corrupt and we all want to make tons and tons of money. At least Donald Trump still is corrupt, just like us, and he'll lower corporate taxes. All of us, our lobbyists will, uh, you know, party in the streets, etc. So they're not taking it seriously when they need to take it fucking seriously. Things are going to change drastically in this country if Trump wins. Is Biden going to lose? Well, when Biden won in 2020, won by only 44,000 votes in the Electoral College in three swing states. So razor-thin margin. At that time, he was polling at 52%. Right now, he's polling at 39%. That is 13 points lower. Why in the world would we go into an election with a guy polling 13 points lower than when he barely beat Trump in the first place? And now the Democrats have to win by five, the popular vote, to win the Electoral College. Joe Biden won by four and a half barely squeaked by you got to get to five to be even close to comfortable right yeah joe biden now losing by 1.2 points in the average of the polls okay so that means he's down by at least six to donald trump no one should be down to donald trump donald trump is incredibly unpopular 55 percent of the country despises donald trump and if you're losing to donald trump you suck at politics i don't mean the republicans I, I get it. In a Republican primary, he's very popular. But in a general election, a Democrat should well, be they suck mauling too. Donald Trump. But they do suck. I so, agree. So now, my thing... So what is your impact going to be? So like, my impact is, for God's sake, get Biden out of the goddamn race. So there's a couple of different scenarios here. Number one, if somehow I get to 20... And remember, RFK Jr. got to near 20, okay? So it's not at all 16, impossible. Which right? is crazy. Right. 
RFK so, Jr. is currently in the teens. Well, they uh, the speculation at the moment is that he will take more away from Donald Trump than right. he he's will. He's going from independent, so he's not Joe in the Biden. Democratic Party anymore. So he's gone. But so no, but as 20, an independent, he will play the role of a spoiler, not for the Democratic Party, but instead for the Republican Party. Is the speculation at the moment? Yeah, I'm with you, but that's not relevant to the Democratic primaries. Okay. My point. So how are you so, going to get into the primaries? So, so if I get into the primaries and I get to about 20 points, everyone will panic. You recognize that? Like, so if I get to 25, how? it'll be a five-alarm fire in DC. Okay, okay, but how do you get into the primaries to begin with? Run. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm uh, doing background work. You get on the ballots. So is it easy to get on the ballots? Well, actually, for 48 out of the 50 states, it's not overwhelming. You collect signatures. We have a lot of passion. Collecting signatures shouldn't be that big a deal. Uh, money, we're going to be able to raise a decent amount of money is my uh, guess. So there are several different obstacles in my path for sure it is nowhere near easy it'll be incredibly difficult but if the polling shows we want someone else then whitmer newsom Fitzker, shapiro all those governors will come rushing in okay now if i beat those governors fantastic but the point is it can't be biden because biden is almost certainly going to lose and i we can't lose this election and, and Haas, they're not going to run because they bowed their heads to Joe Biden and the Democratic Party leadership. They think it's heresy to run against them. I'm saying it's heresy not to run. So why am I running instead of someone else? Because I literally tried to get every other person in the race. I asked all the progressives to run. They wouldn't run. I asked all the Democratic governors to run. They wouldn't run. So somebody's got to do something because we're going to hit that iceberg. So if, so if we're going to hit the iceberg, okay, I will get so much abuse for running it will be legendary, right? It, all the media will hate me or ignore me, right? And there'll be nothing but abuse. But I'm not just going to go quietly into that good night. So if no one else is running and nobody wants Joe Biden, I'm going to run and I'm going to force the issue. So best case scenario is you run and then the media hates you, which they will do that. You did it in fucking the California jungle primary, or not jungle primary, the, the jungle special election. That's when... New York Times said you agree with David Duke and are a supporter of bestiality. So that's the best case scenario is that the New York Times calls you a supporter of bestiality. The worst case scenario is they just don't talk about you and then you uh, have the same approval rating or the same polling results as Marianne Williamson. So, Haas, what you're pointing out is the number one problem that progressives have, which is mainstream media hates us. And they, they have a massive corporate bias status quo bias and then they call oh that's objective position the objective position is to be in favor of corporate rule and so all the progressives are radicals and and, and in favor of beast channeling whatever else that they're making up and then what the new york times did in that congressional race let alone cnn la times etc was basically mask off moment for them where they're like we're just gonna make things up we're just gonna lie about this guy right period no subtlety no nuance he's gonna lie after lie so I am perfectly aware of those things. But Haas, dynamic has changed to some degree. So I, you know, for my book, before the presidential thing came out, I've already been on, what, 20 shows or so, right? Those 20 shows didn't even exist four years ago, eight, so definitely eight years ago, right? So now there's a whole different ecosystem where you can get your message out. Can you get your message out enough to get name recognition in four months to be able to beat Joe Biden? Not necessarily, but it's a fighter's chance. And the only thing we have left is a fighter's chance. So I will go on every show, no matter if the right wing, left wing, they disagree with me, they agree with me, I don't care. I'll go and I'll make the case. 
Look, the Democrats never deliver for you. And this you know for sure, if I if I win, I'm going to do everything in the world to make sure we pass those progressive laws. And nothing's going to stand in my way and I will break anything in my path to make sure that I do that. And, and everybody who knows me, whether they like me or they dislike me, they know I'm not full of shit, right? They know that I'm, I'm a fighter and I'm going to go fight for those things. Like here, I, I'll give you the example I always give. Paid family leave, polls at 84%. Why isn't Joe Biden fighting for it? Why isn't any Democrat fighting for it? It pulls a 74% among Republicans. The whole country wants paid family leave and not a single goddamn politician will do it. So there is some chance that when I scream from the rooftops and I'm good at that, that for God's sake, give moms 12 weeks off but after they have a baby, that the whole country is going to say, oh, finally, there's another option. It's an incredible long shot, Haas. Everybody knows that, right? But I'm going to give them an option. Because no one else will. And by the way, every politician on the Democratic side who didn't run should be deeply embarrassed that they bowed their heads to a wounded antelope because they now think the Democratic Party is about authoritarian rule. I don't agree. I don't obey. And I'm going to go in. If I go in and I'm going to fight like hell. I just realized that the worst double whammy is the worst, worst case scenario is that you get like 10% and no one joins the race. And then Biden inevitably loses, not because of you, but because he's Biden and old. And then the media will Jill Stein you permanently, despite the fact that your impact was not even marginal in that situation. Of course. Yeah. That's the minute. Look, why is everybody scared to run? Because the goons in mainstream media will blame you for the loss when it was their candidate who lost. I've already lived this. They did it with Hillary Clinton. So Hillary Clinton was an awful candidate. People don't want the establishment. They try to force the establishment down people's throats. And then when Bernie ran to give them an alternative, and he would have won, and the polling indicates that very clearly, uh, they said, oh, it was Bernie's fault. It wasn't our beloved Hillary Clinton. She was spotless. It was the Russians. It was Bernie. So am I, is the mainstream media going to do that? Of course they are. They can come kiss my ass. So, and I'm going to fight them now. I'm going to fight them again, and we're going to win because they're going to capsize, and we're, we get larger every single day. So, if I'm worried about what the mainstream media is going to say, of course I'd never run. Nobody would ever run, and that's why nobody else is running. Well, you know what? Rest of the Democrats, either gather up some fucking balls and get in the race, or get out of my way. All right. Well, good luck to you on that endeavor. Godspeed, brother. Goddamn right. So, uh, if I uh, finish up and I get the staff and I go in, come back, I'll tell you the website, and uh, and then let's see what we can do. And by the way, and people might say, hey, you know what, Cenk, we don't believe you. We think Biden's going to win. We think Biden's lovely. So when you run, we're not going to give you any money. We're not going to support you. We're not going to volunteer for you. No, Biden, Biden. Okay, that's what they wanted. There's nothing I could do about that, okay? But my guess is a lot of people will go, well, at least the brother's trying, Right. And so no, they won't. Uh, they won't. Yeah. People are cynical. They're they're not. No, people are cynical. They're motivated by propaganda. Anyway, we'll see what happens. But like I said last time, you did this in California. I, I don't know what the difference is. What? So in California, I got annihilated, right? So yeah, you why, got yeah, five six percent. Yeah, well, I got no plea. By the time they got to 76% of the vote counted, they still haven't finished counting. I got all the way up to 6.6%. Yeah, you got 6.6%. <laughs> so I got annihilated, right? So why, oh, you ran for a lower seat and, and did worse. Why in the world would you do better in the presidential race? There's a very clear reason why. Because almost all of it, and this is what I learned from that race, actually even having more money doesn't make a difference. More ads doesn't make a difference. There's a lot of things that don't make a difference. Only one thing that, that drives elections, and that's media. 
If you're running a local congressional race, corporate media will bury you. They'll write smear articles about you and never give the mic back to you. Then you have no chance of ever reaching the voters so how are they're done. How are you going to stop in, that? But in national politics, in a presidential run, there's tons of media. Yeah, the media might be negative. Yes, the mainstream media might ignore you in the beginning. But there's tons of inevitable media that is going to want to know about that race. If that was the case, then Marianne Williamson would be trailing right now. So I love Marianne Williamson. I give her all the credit in the world. Her policies are infinitely better than Biden's, and I think she has a better chance of winning than Biden. Go ahead and have your head explode if you think that's the wrong statement. God bless, okay? And it's not Marianne's fault. We just have different personalities. I'm a steamroller. I'm, I'm an endless fighter. Marianne makes her points in perfectly cogent, wonderful, pleasant ways. But, and it sucks that it doesn't break through, but unfortunately it doesn't break through. And I'm not, I, I, can't, I can't express how much respect I have for Marianne Williamson, who had the courage to do it from day one. So, but at the end of the day, people go, hey, you know what, Jenk, you screamed from the rooftops, but then I found out Marianne is better than you. Hey, great, wonderful. Anybody but Biden so we could win the freaking election. Okay. All right. How are you going to get over the natural-born uh, citizen uh, issue? Hey, by the way, that's the second reason why I'm running. The Biden issue and the winning this election, by far the most important. But guys, this bullshit that you guys have heard your whole lives, and I, I've heard it 2,000 times because I'm a naturalized citizen, that, nat- that you have to be a natural-born citizen to run is just not true. George Romney did it. Yeah. He ran for president. For those of you who don't know, he was born in Mexico. Yep. Because his family wanted to do polygamy. Yeah. So they moved to Mexico. Sorry, so go ahead. There's, there's a bunch of things. John McCain was born in Panama. Ted Cruz was born in no, Canada. No, those are different because those, so those are, are different. Yeah. Those are different. Those but, are service members, born on bases, stuff like that. Yeah, the, Ted Cruz actually is not different, but that's a whole different story. Okay. But the bottom line is, Constitution, the part that we all learned in eighth grade civics class, oh, here's the requirements for being president. You got to be above a certain age. You forgot. You have to be born in America. You forgot one person. Barack Obama. He was born in Kenya. <laughs> okay. So, in case you don't know, kidding. Okay. So, so, but what they don't Am tell I? you is that the Fifth Amendment amended that part. Now, is that my opinion? No. Definitive Law Review articles, University of Illinois, Chicago, uh, explains there is no question that Fifth Amendment, Fourteenth Amendment jurisprudence shows that it amended the earlier part of the Constitution and naturalized citizens have 100% same rights as natural-born citizens. And there's a very specific case, Schneider versus Rusk. It is definitive. It says the Fifth Amendment amended the earlier part of the Constitution and naturalized citizens cannot be discriminated against in any way, shape, or form and have the same exact rights. So you know how many naturalized citizens there are in this country? 25 million of them. It is a civil rights issue. So you're saying to 25 million Americans, you're not really American enough. You're not allowed to run for president. That's just not true. So if all I do is I run and we definitively settle this and 25 million Americans are liberated in a sense and become 100% American, which they clearly are, then that's a giant win. I'm not, I'm not kidding when I say I feel like you get more media clout if you said Obama was a naturalized citizen born in Kenya. The media would definitely pay attention to you then. I know, but I'm not going to say things that aren't true. What's his middle name? Hussein. I rest my case. Said Hassan. What? I don't know what you're talking about. Who's that guy? Look, first of all, you know the natural born citizen stuff is garbage uh, on an issue uh, uh, in terms of morality, in terms of... No, I I agree with you. I mean, yeah. If we're being serious, yes. I I agree. I think that uh, 
naturalized citizens should be able to run for president. I do. Uh, it's just that America is a reactionary white supremacist nation built on those fundamentals. I'm going to elected Barack Hussein Obama and had him at an 83 percent approval. Yeah, that was Barack Hussein Obama, who was incredibly charismatic and ran against a historically notoriously bad candidate who was so bad that America, or at least the Democratic Party, almost elected a socialist in 2016. But, you know, there's differences there, but... Yeah, okay. Yeah, Barack Obama was incredibly charismatic. God bless. But what, what that showed was, yeah, 83% of the country is cool with a guy named Barack Hussein Obama, biracial, and, you know, an African-American. So I, people ignore that, but that's reality. So the, all this... The, look, you know what people do ignore? The Duluth Dyson... Larry Sinclair just sucking Barack Obama's dick. <laughs> what am I gonna do with this guy? Right. Just, I'm just saying, dude. That's what the, that's that's who the people are actually ignoring. The truth about the matter. All right, in Gurney, Illinois, on that one faithful afternoon, Larry Sinclair, a man of many names. <laughs> okay, I'm done. Sorry. Go on. No, no. I like. Republicans make up crazy shit all the time. In my case, good news for them. They don't have to make it up. Here, I was not born in the country. Look up Schneider v. Rusk. Look up the law review articles. There's no question. We can definitely run for president. So I, if, if all I do is break that mythology and 25 million people don't hear 2,000 times over in their lives, hey, hey, you can't run for president, right? Mm -hmm. uh, then I'll have done some service to the country. I am, I'm so cooked. I just, anyway, whatever. We'll see. There's going to be fucking oppo research if you do actually reach like critical mass and legitimately, legitimately constitute a threat to Brandon. Oh my God. It's going to be fucking unbearable. But, uh, you know, I, it'll be fine, I think. No, it'll be unbearable. And everybody knows that, you know, look, normal corporate politicians run. I'm serving the country. No, you're not. You're serving yourself. Get rich and famous and you want to have power and status, right? In my case, everybody knows I'm going to get nuked. Media and, and the Democratic Party, let alone the Republican Party. Not just you, your are, family as well. Yeah, and that's why good people don't run. Because the bad guys say, we're going to nuke you. We're going to be super unfair. I mean, last time you mentioned a bunch of examples of the New York Times, and they had to admit that they lied about David Duke, and that I actually kicked his ass in that interview and called him an anti-Semite bigot, and that they were goddamn liars pretending that I agreed with him when it was the exact opposite. But another part of that story was they called me anti-Muslim and never clarified that I'm born Muslim. My background's Muslim. I'm an atheist now, but you want you don't you don't think that's a relevant fact? Oh, yeah. Will the New York Times lie about me? Of course! Of course they're going to lie! lie about me will cnn lie of course msnbc will be by far my biggest opponent right and i welcome that fight i welcome right. their hatred and i'm gonna fight for people and that's who i am and so it is what it is and i'm not gonna stop uh so look man you're a cynic and so i know you don't love this kind of talk uh, i don't yeah i mean if you don't like that i started operation hope at tyt i believe in hope and i believe in being relentless going to get knocked down 2,000 times. The trick is get the fuck back up. When you get back up enough times, eventually you win. All right. Good luck. Godspeed. Right. Godspeed, everybody. Let's do this. Jank 2024. All right. Where, where can people find more information on your, on your uh, candidacy? Well, right now, we don't have, even have a website because it hasn't started yet. So uh, not yet. Uh, so I, I, mean, I think, I hope you'll see in whenever we're done, a couple of days, a week, Whatever it is, Jank 2024 somewhere, right? uh, and Jank Uger, get it. Uh -huh. I wish I had a site for you, but I don't have it yet. Okay. 
by the way, but but the staff is half put together already. All right, cool. All right, brother. Thank you, man. Thanks for having me on. Good. Hopefully, conversation. this was a productive conversation. I think so. I think it'll be- in some ways. Yeah. All right, man. Thank you. I'll see okay. you guys.